I used to love that movie. Please don't remake this. I have such fond memories of that film. Please don't remake this. Hey, Hollywood, if you want to be smart, just hire some writers to make some new art. And after our heart to heart, go make a new start. Please, God, please, God. Don't ruin my childhood. Please don't remake this. Please don't remake this. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Please Don't Remake This, the movie podcast where my guests of the week and I get nostalgic and talk about one of our favorite childhood movies. I'm Lauren Mosier, and today I have with me my favorite person in the whole world, my reason for living, (laughs) Kelly the Great Almaguer, my sister, loving wife, not to me, just to be clear, (laughs) And the best math teacher, I wish she taught me when I was in school. Oh my goodness, that was a joke. (laughs) (laughs) That was what Kelly and Arnold scripted for the introduction. I'm assuming Arnold helped you with that. No, that was all me. It wasn't a clever. I think it was. It was was so clever, Kelly. So this is my dramatic ass sister, Kelly, everybody. (laughs) 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 Welcome to the show. How are you, Kelly? Hi. I'm good. Hi. (laughs) We're recording this. Brother ladies. Brother ladies. For those of you who... uh, are listening we're recording this on the day after christmas so we just spent two and a half hours last night talking and over skype and hanging out with our parents and embarrassing kelly's husband and my boyfriend so (laughs) we we are in it to win it um good times yeah good times good times uh but hi i miss you i miss my sister (laughs) i know i miss you too Someday soon. Yeah, seriously. But at least we're getting to be joined together for this wonderful podcast to talk about one of our favorite childhood movies. So excited. So excited to talk about the one, the only, Anastasia, the animated bum, bum, bum. <laughs> the animated picture from 1997. What a throwback. Kelly, do you remember if you saw this in theaters? Or did you see this? I, like- okay, so I saw that, yeah, you wanted to talk about like why this movie or whatever what attracted us to it but honestly i can't even remember when i first saw it i put down that i must have been under 10 but Mm -hmm. i have no idea if we watched it together in the theaters like i don't know i mean i was six at the time yeah you you would have you were kind of old enough to see this we'll get into this like with some of the notes i have this movie is a lot darker than i remember it and maybe not very kid appropriate (laughs) like not kid friendly yeah but um you might have been old enough to see it in theaters because I know you went to see some of those movies in theaters. Like you saw, I think mom used to say that you saw like Aladdin and Pocahontas and those kind of things. Right, in theaters. but they were actually Disney and this isn't. So... Well, this is now owned by Disney. Right. Um, because it was 20th the Century Fox. Yeah, at the time it wasn't. It was just a normal animated picture from a different studio. So I don't know. I don't know if our folks would have taken you to see that. Um if I was, I was already born at the time, so I don't know if we ever left the house when I was, like, that little. I don't know yeah. if they were able to take you to that kind of stuff, but I'm assuming... I don't even know what part of 1997. Yeah, you could I, be I over like a year, August, maybe. I think, August, I have it... I have it pulled up right now, and it came out... Oh, it came out in November, so I was just over a year old. Okay, um, so maybe, but I don't know. Mom probably wouldn't have risked 
bringing a baby that young to yeah. the theaters. Yeah. Oh my god. And I would have been so freaked out by this movie as a baby. Like this would have been very triggering. So I don't. Yeah. I don't know if she would have. Probably. I'm assuming probably like VHS, some kind of like blockbuster movie night. Um. And for me, I don't remember a time where I didn't know this movie existed. I don't remember the first time watching it, but that's like classic little kid thing. Yeah. Um, but we loved this movie. I think most of the people listening to this episode are going to say that this was one of their favorites. Like anybody from our age group of like millennials will probably say this was one of their favorite, if not their favorite animated picture from back then. Mm-hmm. Um, it has some of the best songs ever written for an animated picture. Um, which, oh, I forgot to look up. I'm going to do that now. I forgot to look up if it won any awards for the for the songs because like this I did not look that up my this bad. movie I want oh you're all good that's my job <laughs> <laughs> I tried to do my research <laughs> <laughs> this movie deserves like it it definitely deserves um some kind of Oscar. yeah I was having a hard time picking up like favorite songs and this and that like of course we know the iconic song you know but oh yeah, yeah it was it was difficult uh, it was, oh man, it was only nominated, but it didn't win. It was nominated in 1998, uh, for best original song for Journey to the Past and then best, uh, music, original musical or comedy score. And it was only nominated. It didn't win. Um, mm-hmm. but now I want to know who did win that year. Best original song. Oh no. What? My heart will go on. Ah! Ah! I was gonna say that. <laughs> You scared the shit out of me. I'm sorry. Uh, But I was totally thinking that song, and I'm like, that's the only song that I would say that I'm like, okay, I can understand that. I cannot believe. (laughs) Oh, God. It lost. Go the Distance also came out that year. Are you kidding me? Oh, that is good. That makes me so sad. Yeah, this was the year the Titanic won almost every... So they had a lot of competition then. Yeah, well, it was really just those three that are, like, the best songs from that year. And then the other two I don't really recognize. Well, Miss Misery, I kind of recognize it's from Goodwill Hunting. But, um, yeah, that song is definitely too indie, I think, to win an Oscar award. Um, hmm. But, yeah, t- this the year of Titanic that literally won, um, what, like, 90%? I'm, like, looking at it right now, and it won, like, almost 90% of the awards. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um... <laughs> But anywho, so yeah, with some of the best songs and animated pictures ever, and um, with one of the hottest animated male oh characters. Oh my god! I was gonna ever. say that if you weren't. Oh, yep. of course I was. Oh my god, we'll talk about him extensively. Literally, that's one of my spicy hot takes. Is I feel like Dimitri <laughs> is the epitome of like first crush, like yeah. first celebrity crush, and it's an animated character. And I feel like for most girls and guys, that is like. The they one. did that on purpose. Yeah, exactly. They were trying so we to never forget awaken all of our sexuality at a very early age. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh man, those were the days. But yes, yeah, so we, so you and I both love this movie, and we watched this I don't know how many times, and learned you and I were both singers when we were kids. So it's like, see, you have to sing along to this movie. Like that's mm-hmm. that's one of my notes. This movie begs to sing along to. You you have to perform every song. Um. And some of the most memorable tunes, like catchy lyrics, like literally everything about it is just like, perfect. Um, but now we can move into the stats. So, like I said, 1997, picture it. Uh, rated G, which I have a problem really? with. It was rated G, and I have a huge problem with that because that makes no fucking sense. 
Like, this mm. movie is so inappropriate to be G-rated. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I was going to say that that whole underworld scene, like, the bugs even. You know, I hate bugs. But, like, yes. oh, my God. Like, it, it, that scene, yeah, freaked the hell out mm-hmm. of me. And, like, his death his death scene when he finally, like, loses to Anya and, like, yeah. she, and he just, like, turns into just a skeleton. turns into dust. And, yeah. yeah. I was like, what the fuck is going on right They're now? They're showing and then, us cremation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, yeah. And you know what's funny is you and I, like, loved The Black Cauldron when we were kids. And mom mm-hmm. always thought that movie was fucked up, too. And I, I think about it now, and I'm like, well, if we watched Anastasia, of course we didn't, we weren't bothered by The Black Cauldron. Like, what's the difference? Both of these movies kind of have the same premise or the same style of spookiness that is just really fucked up for children um yeah i can't believe this is rated g i would never in a like i was trying to recommend to keith a few months ago to show this to kaya because i thought she would love dimitri she would love all of the songs like literally kaya will never stop singing these songs when she yeah. finally watches this movie but then re-watching it this time i was like oh my god she cannot watch this movie yet she is so she's afraid of the winnie the pooh movie where you know the the Baxin song Oh no! She's really? afraid of that sequence. Yeah, it's. I never would have thought that. Aww. Yeah, that like genuinely scares her. Like she, yeah, does not like um anything spooky, anything remotely spooky. And so this movie is like so she's so not ready for it. Like I probably can't show this to her for another like two or three years, and I'm kind of sad because I'm like, oh man. Well, she'll appreciate the lines more because I put a lot of quotes on here. <laughs> oh really? I have like yeah. some, but not not as many as some of the other ones that I've done. Um. I have, like, lyrics sometimes saved because, yeah. like, some of these are amazing. Um, and then this was directed by Don Bluth and Gary Goldman, who were animators with um, Disney back in, like, the early days of, like, the 60s, 70s. And both ended up collaborating collaborating on multiple movies. And so they both directed Thumbelina, which is one of yours mm-hmm. and I's favorite um, princess movies as well. Yeah, I thought that was ironic since we were debating about doing that one too. Yeah, for those of you um, who are interested, like those were probably the were those the two that we kind of narrowed it down to. I think it was yeah, that and also Swan Princess, which I was like, and then we have Liz Calloway in this. So, yes, yeah. exactly. So it's like this was it's funny because like you and I obviously grew up with Disney movies, but we also loved other animated pictures, and so like these three, those three princess movies, Swan Princess, Anastasia, and Thumbelina, really rounded out our childhood in terms of music and characters and all this stuff and then john bluth also directed land before time which mm-hmm. is i saw that and i was gonna say that we should do that one in the future <laughs> oh we definitely will it's on my list for sure um awesome. as one of the most depressing children's movies ever it is <laughs> it's so depressing um i literally haven't watched that movie i think since like i was seven or eight because it just used to make me cry and that's like sad um and then this movie was um some of the writing credits go to Susan Gothier, uh Bruce Graham, Bob Sud- Sudiker, Noni White and Eric Tuckman. I probably pronounced all of those wrong. I'm deeply sorry. And then starring the amazing Meg Ryan, John Cusack, Kelsey Grammer, who can go fuck himself because he's a Trump supporter, Christopher Lloyd, uh, Hank Azaria, Bernadette Peters, Kirsten Dunst, Angela Lansbury, and then a couple of um shout outs to yes liz calloway who was also the singer on the swan princess she's my favorite she's the best total fucking pro and Jim- i want to see her again lauren like when we went live oh my god that was like the best concert i've ever been to i feel like wait you went to- you saw her live i forgot about that we did remember we I- went with mom i did not i was not there 
what oh my god then i <laughs> then i had the best time of my life i'm okay, telling you good for you wow <laughs> wait when did this when was this concert how many years ago was i in college uh, it must have been like over five years ago oh. i don't know i might have been in high school or college but wait what the fuck why wasn't that's I why that's why i thought you were there but maybe you were in college and i was maybe it was in uh before i moved to Gainesville I don't know it probably but. it must have been when I was in college because I feel like any other year I definitely would have gone with you guys yeah no because it was it was so great so maybe it was just her and I but um yeah it was awesome and she even did uh she did Anastasia she did sing it yeah um, so oh yeah she didn't do Swan Princess though I was very disappointed but Aww. shout out to her because I love her she's amazing yeah and then Jim Cummings voices um Rasputin in this and which just Jim Cummings, I had like, no God bless that idea. Man. You had no idea. Oh, that it was him. Yeah, yeah, that it was yeah. him. But like, it, and then I was when I was watching it because I looked this up first just to like get a feel for like voices and because I didn't, yeah, I didn't even recognize Kelsey Grammer and stuff like that. And um, and then the uh, when I saw the list that he's the one that sang for Rasputin, I'm like, oh my goodness! Like, and then I kind of heard it. Like, you can sort of hear. Yeah. His, tone it's so like the gravel cool. to the voice that like sounds kind of tiggerish that yeah. like really yeah makes it familiar um and then shout out to david newman who did the music for this movie the score and then lynn aarons and stephen flaherty uh who wrote the songs and god bless them they are one of my favorite uh uh lyricist composer duos in theater ever because they've just like i'll mention this later when we get to like best song but like They've written hit shows like Ragtime and Seussical, Once on this Island, A Man of No Importance, and Lucky Stiff, and just, like, some great musical theater shows that are amazing, and I just adore them. And then, of course, they wrote the stage, mu- the full stage musical for Anastasia they ex- when they expanded this movie. Um, should we move right into the superlatives? Sure. Sweet. Okay, so we start with Best Dynamic Duo, and I have some fun nominations, just, like, I've listed a bunch because I was just like, fuck it, you know? um Anya and Dimitri yeah that's my number one yeah Yeah, I mean like the classic like love-hate relationship but that I think you know most movies I don't usually like when like the guy and girl hate each other in the beginning and then grow to love each other because I'm just like oh that's so boring like everybody does that you know but this movie does it in a successful way where their annoyances with each other aren't necessarily like hate they're just like they're both divas. <laughs> They're, like, picking on each other like elementary kids. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. They're just, like, young and and stupid. And so, but eventually, I love, they, I think, have a great gradual relationship that grows into love in a convincing enough way where by the end of the movie, I'm like, yeah, of course they should be together. Right. Um, And then, of course, I, <laughs> and then I nominate um, Vlad and Puka. Uh, you know, that's funny that you pick, because I was thinking of them before I watched the movie I was like oh yeah that they're they're definitely a a dynamic duo but then when I was watching it I was like honestly I think it should just be Anya and Puka because Um, and then I was like listing all these things that like he did for her specifically that like yeah he he was cutesy with Vlad but I mean I don't know like I thought that they were like they were actually like in it together and like they were I mean if it wasn't for either of them like so many like, or if it wasn't for Puka, like, so many bad things would have happened to Anastasia. Or, like, who knows what would have happened to her, her life. Um, for the most part, I'm probably going to refer to her as Anya, so I'll, like, stick to that. But, like, who knows what would have happened to Anya, like, with all yeah. that stuff. Um, so I totally, I didn't write them down, but I agree, like, to nominate Puka and Anya. Uh, I also wrote Vlad and Sophie. 
because I know they're cute. They're adorable. They're just so they're I just l- not featured enough. They're I wish not they were featured more. They deserve their own movie. Like I need to know <laughs> yeah. their whole courtship. I need to hold it needs to be like now that Disney owns this movie, they need to do like a Disney short of just the two of them and their courtship and seeing them in they Paris should. together because they're fucking adorable together. Um, I also love the Dowager and Anya and now that I'm older, I can appreciate the scene more where they actually, like, come together and, like, discover each other, basically, you know? Yeah. And watching that scene, it's an animated movie, and the chemistry was amazing. And just really, they did such a good job of setting the tone, and I I love the two of them a lot. And I like that the Dowager, like, is so honest with her in the end that, like, I know that you've wanted this all your life, but, like, maybe that's not what you want anymore. Yeah. And that's really cool. And, um, and then the last one I have is, like, a, a joke <laughs> is Bartok and the lady bat that just swoops in Aww. the end of the movie for no reason. I want a short story of them, too. There's so... Well, apparently there is a, a short movie about Bartok that they oh, made. what? Which okay. I have not seen and wasn't able to see in prep for this, but I thought that was adorable. I was like, wait, what? That's so cute. Um... So, yeah, I just nominate them because I forgot how random that is. And then it happened and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Who is this lady bat? What is her name? Where's She what's was her just backstory? in love with him so quickly. I know. I was like, that is the fastest courtship I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> Good times. Uh, but, yeah, I think Anya and Dimitri probably deserve it the most. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, I put question marks around the others, but I'm like, uh, <laughs> no, definitely them. And then honorable mention, I would say Anya and Puka because they're so cute. Um, and then moving on to Class Clown, I only wrote a couple of options, like one honorable mention and then one winner. So my honorable mention is Anya, because she does have some zingers in this movie that I think are good. Yeah. And I like her chemistry with literally, like, every character. I just think she, like, is such a strong female role model and really carries the movie in a great way. But then, of course, the award goes to Bartok, because the icon of comedy. I mean, I, I didn't remember what... Like, I remember, of course, some of his, like, best moments, but when we get to best quote, I could have just written every line of his in the movie for <laughs> I best knew quote. you were going to. I almost didn't write down anything, because I'm like, I know she's going to talk about it. It's so. just... It, you he, still quote it to this day. Yes, I, I still quote him regularly. Okay, so Bartok is clearly the winner. Congratulations for Class Clown. Uh, now we move on to the literal worst, which is uh, one of my new categories on the character that we hate the most. And in this movie, I only have one nomination because it's kind of really obvious. But Rasputin is, like, really fucking evil. Like, I I don't understand. I, I don't think I ever processed when I was a kid just how awful he is. But watching it as an adult, I'm like... He's taking out all of this anger on this girl who has, like, nothing to do with his issues. Like, what the fuck? Like, the only reason he's mad is because he's in this limbo because he sold his soul. And it's like, well, dude, that's your fucking fault. And he's just fucking horrible. And, yeah. Yeah. I put his name down, too, and I said, no, duh. (laughs) But I will say, I did have a runner-up. Um... The woman in charge of the orphanage. <laughs> I totally forgot about her, it's but like, that's so she's true. She's like, be grateful. Yeah, <laughs> she is oh horrible. My oh my God, she is awful. She's just like, I, but I mean, what's funny is I do wonder like what Anya was like in the orphanage. Because she says that she's like, oh, you've acted like, you know, like I feel like she would have been a class clown of her own. Yes. Oh. Anya, you mean, at the orphanage? Yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. That's part of, like, that's, like, a lot of the reason why I nominated her, is I was, like, all the kids are saying bye to her as she's leaving. Like, they love her so much. 
And I'm like, yeah, she must have been like the party person, you know? Yeah. Uh, but that's and she good... was probably the oldest, too, because she was just being kicked out. So, I mean, she must have been like a sort of a parent figure to all these kids. Probably, yeah. I could just see her like breaking up fights or like defending kids who were being bullied and her just yeah. like beating the shit out of people. Or like giving them her food or something, you know? Yeah. She'd be really sweet, I think. Um, but that's a good honorable ben- mention. That woman is, is fucking awful. Um, so now we move into where are they now, which I have a few nominations for. Um, uh, my honorable, I have, okay, so I have an honorable mention and I have two people that kind of like tie. Um, my honorable mention is Liz Calloway. I miss her so much. I wish that we had more, I wish like Disney would hire her to do the voices of like some of their, their movies. Like she's just such, yeah. her voice is gorgeous and like she's the only one i put down honestly because i'm like everybody else like you actually hear from them like they have a long list of like like uh you know deals and whatever like Mm -hmm. different um appearances they made recently but yeah from her she's she's just been a ghost so yeah yeah. i mean i tried looking up like a couple of articles about her and for the last maybe like mm, like 10 like five ten years like there's almost like nothing and I'm just like, oh, man, like, come on, girl. Like, I love you. Like, I want I want her to do, like, theater again or, like, some kind of, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I miss her. But then the two people that I've tied for the winners are John Cusack and Meg Ryan. Um, because they were such big, like, romantic comedy people in the 80s and 90s. Like, they yeah. were the be-all and end-all of romance, which I think is why they do such a good job in this movie and why their chemistry is amazing. It's just, like, they are were built for that kind of work. But then the second Meg Ryan started to get work done on her face, and John Cusack just, like, got older. Like, Hollywood I was, was just, say, like... It's probably just the, the age. Yeah, yeah, I think it's just age. And it sucks, because both of them were great actors. And Hollywood was just, like, get the fuck out. And, like, but specifically But I actually read something. I don't know if you, you saw this. I was looking at um the, you know, on... Uh, whatchamacallit, the site for all the movie stuff. Oh IMDb? IMDb. Yeah, I was reading, like, about, you know, kind of trivia related to it or whatever, and I thought it was interesting. Where did it go? Yeah. Um. Well, first of all, yeah, that, so Meg Ryan, she couldn't even decide if she wanted to accept the role or not. Oh, um, wow. So it says, upon hearing of Ryan's indecision, Fox took an audio clip of Ryan talking in Sleepless in Seattle and created a short animated sequence of Anya speaking the lines. They sent the clip to Ryan and she was so impressed that she changed her mind and accepted the role. So that was funny. That's weird. Yeah. And then they had, um, hold on. They talked about the fact that them two together... Yes. Uh, Gary Goldman had commented that originally, as with the rest of the cast, they were going to have Meg Ryan record her lines separately from the others, with Don Bluth reading the lines of the other characters to her. However, after Ryan and and her directors were finding the method to be too challenging when her character was paired with Dimitri, she and John Cusack recorded the dialogue of their characters together, with Goldman noting it made a huge difference. Wow. No wonder they have such good chemistry. Exactly. That must have been why, you know, like they actually could feed off of each other. So that's great. That's really cool because, yeah, the majority of animated movies, you don't record with any of your scene partners um, because you record in all different locations. I highly recommend, actually, I'm sh- I've already talked about this on a different episode, but I'm going to shout it out again because it's amazing. For those of you who have a Disney Plus account, please go watch The Making of Frozen 2, the little docu-series yeah. that they did. It's amazing, and it is so cool that you get to see a little bit of everybody's journey who worked on the movie. Those um, poor people, man. They had so many changes. It's crazy. So many changes. And I can't even, as a director, and like mostly as a director, that series gave me so much anxiety watching 
all of them go through <laughs> the process of having to ask test groups and audiences to like yeah. critique the whole movie. And I was like, yeah, sure, you're going to make the best product with that much feedback. But if in theater, if you asked for that much feedback, the show would close before it even opened on Broadway. Like, there's no way you could get work done with that much criticism. And I don't know how the fuck they ever produce movies that way. But anywho. Uh, so, so aside from Liz Calloway, you said them too. Yeah, so I said, uh, for me, it was Ty, John Cusack, and Meg Ryan. I just feel like age, ju- Hollywood really judged them for getting older, which is like what we all do. And it makes me sad that like some actors get more work with age. And, and of course, it tends to favor men over women. And then for both of these actors, who I think are really great, for both of them to just almost completely disappear, I feel like is not so much on their part as much as Hollywood and like whoever runs the town. And I just think they're great. And I'm sorry that we don't see more of them. Um, but moving on to most likely to succeed, on the other hand, uh, I have a couple of nominations for that. Um, I have like the person who actually probably deserves the award, which is Kirsten Dunst. I know she's in this movie for like literally one minute. But she's technically, out of all the stars in this, the one who has become, like, the most household name and probably the biggest success story. Um, Because, of course, there's, like, many famous people in this movie. There's, like, Christopher Lloyd and um, uh, Bernadette Peters in terms of the theater world. Like, there's big successful people. But in terms of people who, when they did this movie, there was growth afterward. Kirsten Dunst fits the bill the most. But for me personally, I want I like Hank Azaria for the award the most because this is one of the most iconic voice performances in a movie ever for me personally. Uh, and I love his work as Bartok so fucking much. I mean, we already talked about this with Class Clown. Like, Hank Azaria is just like a genius when it comes to this character. And, uh, and for such a bit role. I mean, it's like a white little bat that kind of... This is... Um, no, I... Uh, do I spoil my spicy hot take? No, I'll, I'll save it for later. <laughs> save it. I'll save my spicy hot take for later. But just like this tiny little bat that's just like randomly in the movie, like great, you know, um, does a great job. So thank you, Hank Azaria, for just like making my childhood so much better. <laughs> yeah, no, I only put down Christopher Lloyd just because I was looking at the titles um, uh, since you know 1997, mm-hmm. and he just seemed to have the most amount of acting jobs you know Mm -hmm. like you said you know as they get older some people get more famous but um so I put down his name but I also noted that yeah Hank Azaria had had a lot so um I I agree with you I think that that could be a good one yeah um yeah Hank Azaria Mm -mm, yeah (laughs) um and then we move into most iconic which I'm so excited to talk about this one because I have a number of them written down, a number of options, <laughs> um, because this whole movie to me is, like, most iconic, like, literally the whole fucking movie. Um, do you want to go first and list off yours, or should I? Uh, well, I honestly, well, I can think of a couple, of course, but I just wrote down one as, like, my top pick was just the Dowager Empress. I thought, like, wait, she's really? Just, like, the yeah, grandma? I just thought that she's, yeah, that she's just so badass, and, like, like, she literally, like, you know, she goes through all this hardship. Can you can you imagine like having all your family just you know killed not directly in front of you you know in her in her case but she's like she's trying to save her like youngest granddaughter and all this like stress and whatever and then you know she's trying to reach for her like that moment like always gets me yeah and then like 
And then she just loses her for, you know, like how many years? Like 10 plus years. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's like searching and keeps like having, you know, she's so persistent and, and patient with trying to find her again, you know, and all that. So um, I just felt bad for her. And then at the end of the movie, when she like literally has Anya all to herself, that like she finally found her and then she like lets her go and like says like, hey, like you got to live your life. And, you know, like this is what you clearly want. So, you know, I just think that she's so brave. Like I would love to have her as a grandma. <laughs> like, she's Aww. cute. That's really sweet. I didn't write her down, but that's actually so true. She really is iconic to this movie. And I feel like she's the one that you feel for some of the characters, but I feel like she's the empathy of the movie. Like, she's the one at the end of the day, you're like, you want her to win. Like, you want her to find her granddaughter. You want her to, like, live the rest of her life in peace, knowing the truth, you know? Yeah. Um, And that's so true. I didn't think about it that way, but that's so true. Um, You said purposefully vague, so I was like, okay. Like, that's how I'm going to (laughs) see (laughs) it. That's so true. Yeah, you went went for it, and I love it. Um, so my list of most iconic, uh, of course, the most obvious one for me is the songs, uh, between... Ooh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, between, between St. Petersburg and, uh, Journey to the Past and Once Upon a December and, uh, In the Dark of the Night and, uh, Paris Holds the Key to Your Heart and literally all of them, like, just, they're all so good. Every single one. And I remember when they were announced that they were going to do the musical, Everybody, like all of the fans of the movie swooped in and were like, if you don't have every single song from the movie, we're boycotting the production. Like, Did they put it in? Oh, yes. All, all of them are in it. Okay, okay. But um, they probably have although, extra, I would assume. Well, There's not that many. They did remove... Oh, they wrote so many more for the musical. Yeah. And then... But they did change the story a little bit for the musical. Um, Instead of having Rasputin, they like removed the magical element of the movie. And they changed it with a soldier from the Bolshevik army, which is the people who actually killed um the Tsar the mm-hmm. and his family in real life. Um, And that he's um tasked with killing Anastasia. And that he's had this like weird sick obsession with her, I think, all his life. And like, that's, I think, from a different movie that was made about Anastasia. That's where they like pulled the storyline from. Um, But that's the only one that's removed. Everything else is used um, in the show. And oh, uh, learn to do it. Like, literally all of them. Yeah bangers like they're all amazing and i get so hype every time a song starts to play in the movie because i'm just like i'm fucking ready i have the lyrics ready to go (laughs) like yes i'm hype um most iconic travel sequences for me this movie is so iconic because you watch her through journey to the past like going through the woods and then finally arriving at saint petersburg and that view of the city and her like Mm -hmm. triumph at changing the whole course of her life forever basically that's clever yeah, and I love learn how learn to do it, and you see the whole journey of them trying to get to Paris. You watch the whole Paris sequence. The Paris sequence, oh my god, is amazing. Um, and then and then at the end, like the little boat ride. I just feel like travel sequences in this movie are like a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I love them. Oh, and the train sequence. The whole train sequence is like mm-hmm. epic. And the boat. Action movie. And the boat. All huge action sequences that are incredible for an animated movie. Like, I'm in, I'm invested in what's going to happen. Um, then the outfits. When we get to best dress, I think I might cry. Yeah. Anya's outfits in this uh, movie. I only put her. I 
I only put her two. Like, she has to. We've already spoiled the category. She has to win that category. Like, well, I she- felt bad for the dowager because I'm like, well, she, of course, has the money to buy all the nice stuff, you know. Well, but I thought that even Anastasia's, like, her orphanage clothes weren't that bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, she, like, invented shabby chic. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, which, but Empress, the, the dowager Empress actually does deserve an honorable mention for best dress because her outfits are, like, banging. Like, that green dress she wears when she's trying to give Dimitri the money and he says no is, like on point yeah um she's gorgeous um but yeah they like her anya's outfits in this movie are i i've never like i have a very eclectic style in terms of my fashion like i wear all kinds of shit but i think about like the core of my identity and it all stems from this movie that like vintage 1920s like big collars and the flowy skirts and like all of the hairstyles, literally all of them. Like, it's just her style is so good in this movie. But I will say, I'm a little confused about her hair because she has short hair at the beginning of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. And then they show her on the ship with that beautiful blue dress that I want that blue dress. Yes. And her hair's long. She has it in this, like, long ponytail. And I'm like, wait a the, second. The only thing that explains it to me is that uh, she got a weave. No, I'm kidding. Um, she. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought that maybe she just had it, like, bunned up like so much or something i don't know I'm, I think I'm not good with hair the thing for me that makes me think i think it's that um the thing that makes me think what 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 did i just say what <laughs> <laughs> uh, i when i watched it because i was thinking the exact same uh problem too and i think what it's supposed to represent is the time passage that they've been traveling for so long her hair has grown out Oh, that's the only justification I had in my head for her hair getting longer is that it's been because back then travel took a fucking while. I mean, to cross the ocean on a ship from the U.S. to like to Europe took like two weeks, a month, something crazy like that. I think two weeks. So, like, your hair would grow in that amount of time. And she's crossing for a while. They cross on foot. Then they take a bus and she's coming all the way from Russia all the way across to the France. continent to France. That must have taken at least like two months. Also because they need to give her enough time to prepare all of the information so that she doesn't, so that she passes the test. So mm. they have to give her time to be ready for that. Um, so my assumption is like two months have passed before they even get to Paris. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So then what else? I also wrote, oh, I also, of course... I wonder if I'm going to mention Bartok enough while we talk about this movie. Of course, I mentioned <laughs> Bartok because, duh. Um, I mentioned <laughs> Rasputin's beard. It's just iconic to me. Oh, God. I see Ugh. long beards and immediately I think, Rasputin? Um, <laughs> disgusting, but true. Um, the the t- crowns and the tiaras in this movie. Yeah. Oh, are... my God. That big ass one that she has. The like... one at the very end. Yes. yes. It's perfect wait and now i'm thinking hold on i i was watching the scene and then okay so you know when when rasputin starts like attacking her and whatever like when did she ever lose the crown did i miss her like throwing it or like something like that i think what happened is um you know that wind gust that all of a sudden comes out of his like the magic i think it blows it away and like rolls it off to the side or something i'm guessing that what I'm just saying, I'm guessing right now, but I think that's yeah, what happens. Yeah, I forgot to play it back to see where it went. Okay. I think that's what happens, yeah. I hope I, I got it back. Well, they return it to the grandmother because at the end, the grandmother is holding it, and then there's the note that says, like, Oh, that's right. She puts Abiento. it in the, the little box for her. Okay. 
Yeah. Um, so, uh, at least it's safe. Thank God. Um, if anything had happened to that crown, I would have cried. It's so good. <laughs> well, a couple, I'm sure it got cracked in a couple places. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That would take a lot to fix it. Um, and then, of course, I wrote the music box because yeah that music box is adorable to the point like i mean like a shout out um not to toot my own horn but i gave you a remake <laughs> of the music box for your birthday this year and yes, you um, did did you want to play I it a little bit it. i want to hear what it sounds like yes oh goodness that was the lid okay hold on <laughs> i got crank it up. no stop playing no not yet. <laughs> can you crank okay, it while it's closed hard. Uh, I don't know. Okay. Can you even hear it? <laughs> yeah. That's so cute. They're like dancing around her and her dad. That's adorable. I love that thing. I'm kind of jealous I gave that to you. I want my own. <laughs> and honestly, I think it's funny that now that we're talking about like all the, the cast and stuff like that, there is, um, you know, the... The lid part of it and on the inside is like a picture of a swan. So yeah. it's like a nod to swan princess as well. Yeah, there are a lot of swans in this, which I didn't think were like native to Russia, but I guess maybe because there's like a lot of swans in the movie. I don't know if that's part of their culture or something. Um, mm. But yeah, the music box to me is just like, because it's literally like the whole center of the movie. If it wasn't for the music box, there'd be no way for the dowager to prove that anybody's her granddaughter. Um, yeah. So like without that music box, the movie doesn't happen. Um, and then Dimitri, in terms of, like, childhood crushes, he is just, like, amazing. I mean, gorgeous guy and kind of stubborn and charming and, in the end, like, does kind of save the day. I mean, he doesn't, like, do a great job of saving her in the end, but, like, at least he's there. Um, and, yeah, great. Uh, I also wrote Paris. Uh, this was, like, I think, I want to say this was probably my first exposure to Paris and how amazing and glorious Paris is. Mm-hmm. And so every time I watch this movie, I'm always just like, I'm still dreaming of going to Paris someday. And that is the ultimate travel goal for me. Uh, I also wrote St. Petersburg. I feel like there's no other movie I can think of that, like, references St. <laughs> Saint- yeah, that features St. Petersburg. One of my notes for this movie is like, this is the only Russia movie I can think of that's not about the Cold War. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, that's all we refer to Russia now is like red country and it's like well we also have anastasia this ridiculous absurd movie that makes no sense but is adorable um and then the last one for me is the painting the one of the family that they use to like compare anastasia to that's good yeah yeah every time and i think it's based it's based on a real painting of the royal family um and every time I see it, I'm always just like, oh, Anastasia. Even if I'm looking at, like, the real life one, I'm like, oh, that's Anastasia's painting. <laughs> um, but, yeah, those are my most iconic. I love this movie. Uh, then we already kind of spoiled Best Dressed Anya. Duh. With yeah. An honorable mention to the Dowager Empress. And now we move into Best Quote. My first one is kind of a lyric slash line at the very end of um, uh, St. Petersburg when they're, like, um, when they're talking about, like, alive or dead and then it's the guy the bird guy who's like who knows Shh. I, it gets me every time because it's just so dramatic and then all the birds fly and it's just amazing i have that and also um in the in the song as well the um thank goodness for the gossip that gets us through the day yes. <laughs> that one that caught my ear this time too and i was like hee that's funny yeah um my next one oh 
Okay. God love this woman. The, like, sultry woman who's auditioning to be Anastasia. Oh, my God. And she goes, Grandma, it's me. <laughs> and... <laughs> Anastasia. Anastasia. <laughs> and then like the little like bum bum like And poor Vlad just hitting his head on the table. Yeah. Oh god, I love That's that moment. That's a facepalm moment. That is a face palm moment, and that is I love that line. It's so funny. So yeah, that's that for me is next. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. Um now I'm trying to remember even was this I think it was Dimitri that was like, yeah, that was um, when they first met and he was like circling around her and she's like, why are you circling me? What were you, a vulture in another life? Oh, yeah. (laughs) That one's good. I love that one. And then in the same scene, when Vlad is just kind of like standing there and and um, Dimitri goes over to him and he's like, do you are you seeing what I see? And he's like, no. And then he lowers the glasses and he's like, yes, yes. It's it's just like that instant. It's so good. Vlad, man, he, I want to nominate him um, uh, for Class Clown because he's also hilarious with this too. I have some of his lines written down. He's great. Um, But yeah, that's my next one. What's your next one? Okay, so Bartok, yes. <laughs> when, when, uh, that same that he's watching them meet mm-hmm. in the in the palace, and he's like, I guess the curse just ain't what it used to be. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yes. laughs> uh, my next one is one of his lines. I literally, the next four lines that I have are all his. <laughs> and it's when, um the, the first one that I have is when the, the glowy thing starts glowing again, yeah. and all the things start coming out, and he goes, all right, I get it. Enough with the glowing and the smoke, people. You're so good at that. <laughs> I'm trying so hard. I know I'm going to laugh so hard. But yeah, I just love <laughs> Enough with the glowing and the smoke, people. <laughs> so I love him so much. Oh, man. Um, What's your next one? Okay, so then also b- building off of the Bartok thing, when um, Rasputin, and this is honestly, as I get older, I think of this line, um, that <laughs> Rasputin's like, look at me, I'm falling apart, I'm a wreck. <laughs> and, then, and then Bartok's like, actually, considering how long you've been dead, you look pretty good. Yes. <laughs> that was one of my four. That was that's so good. The next one I have is when he's dragged into the underworld or wherever the fuck he's dragged to. And he, when he finally lands and he just goes, ow. I tell you what, ow! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then I love the callback at the end when the girl, the lady bat kisses him and then he goes, wow! I tell you what, wow! <laughs> Just so happy. I love him. Um, yeah, <laughs> what's your next one? Uh, which one's this one? Oh, yeah, that um, Anya in the car, she's like, Dimitri, do you really think I'm royalty? Yeah. And then he's like, you know I do. Then stop bossing me around. <laughs> he's like, she certainly has a mind of her own. Yeah, I hate that in a woman. Oh, my goodness. Classic. It makes me roll my eyes, but it's it's ironic. Oh, yeah. There's, like, so much, like, classic misogyny in this movie sometimes where I'm just like, uh-huh. But at least she does say, like, boys are such babies. I'm like, okay, at least there's a little equality here. And in the end, she does kind of save herself without his help. So, like, I kind of, like, it's okay. Um... Another Bartok line I have saved is um, when uh, I forget what prompts this line. I think it's about like Rasputin looking good. And Bartok goes, sir, is this the face of a bat who would lie Aww. to you? And he just gets really cute. And he's, just, <laughs> and he's just like, oh, <laughs> I love him. <laughs> oh my god uh what's your next one okay this is my favorite one of vlad's um that dimitri's like what was that he's like i don't know but there goes the dining car 
Um, my next one is, um, oh, when they're trying to, like, rescue themselves from the train situation, and she grabs the dynamite, you know, yes. and he says, like, that'll work, and then they go to hide, and he just turns to her and goes, what do they teach you in those orphanages? <laughs> I know. That was my next one. So good. Oh, I'm like, yes, yeah, she's so resourceful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, my next one was the Bartok line that we said earlier, the hi-ya, whatever. Yes. So oh, oh, I, I well, would leave that up to you because you do it too Yes, can too I do well. it again? I want to say it again because no, now no, I no. have it in front of me. So it's like, I'd give her a ha and a hi-ya and then a hui-ya and I'd kick her, sir. <laughs> and it's just the best oh, oh my god my that goodness. for me that automatically becomes best quote because i'm just like well duh like when you leave the movie that's the one you want to like act out that's the one you want to recreate true. and it's yeah all the kids will be doing that one yes exactly oh my god when i show this movie to kaya and noah eventually noah's gonna like practice that like he's just gonna kick everything oh <laughs> uh, what's your next one Okay, well, from uh, Learn to Do It, the, and I would call this yellow cat. And then, I don't believe we don't do that. <laughs> Which, they don't revisit that line of just, like, she knew that information. How did she know that? And, like, it's funny because that's the rest of the movie is, like, is she actually the princess or, like, what? And it drives me crazy that they don't reference that part again. It's, like, she just proved that, like, she actually knew information you didn't taught her. Like, hello. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Um... What's my next one? Oh, when they're trying to get off the train. And um, Dimitri, it's like, Dimitri says it first and then Anya says it later. Um, of the, if we live through this, remind me to thank mm-hmm. you. Um, that's also one of the classic lines for me. That when it got to that part, I was like, oh, he's going to say it. And then he said it. And I was like, ha <laughs> <laughs> Classic line. Uh, what's your next one? Oh, uh, well, I just think this line is cute from when they were on the ship and then she changed into that that nice blue dress. Yeah. And he's like, I mean, it was nice on the hanger, but it looks even better on you. You Aww. should wear it. And she's like, I am wearing it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's so cute. I love that whole dialogue. He's like, maybe we should stop. Like when they're dancing, getting dizzy. And she's like, we did stop. And like, they're yeah. just so wrapped up in each other. And oh, their chemistry is great. I'm so happy to know that they recorded this movie together. That makes so much sense. <laughs> Um, my next one is also a Bartok one when he's oh, like, I wonder if it's mine <laughs> when he's trying to like be like trying to get, um, Rasputin to calm down after the, the train thing didn't work. And he's like ranting on about how he needs to calm down and he just goes stress. It's a killer, sir. <laughs> and I was like, I need a Bartok to just like fly around with me all day long. Just repeating that <laughs> mantra. Just stress. Just reminding you. It's a killer, sir. I just need that like all day long. <laughs> Oh, no, I, uh, mine was a different one when Rasputin's like, Bartok, get me a comb, find some cologne, I want to look my best. And then he's like, that might take some work, sir. Oh, yes! <laughs> that one is so really honest. Good. Oh, so good. She's such a little helper. Um, my next one is when um, they're about to, they're like traveling and it's like the bridge scene. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, what's his name? Vlad is like freaking out over Sophie that he's going to get to see Sophie soon. And Anya just goes, wait, is this a person or a cream puff? <laughs> I think that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. And then, I don't know, do you have any more recent one then after that? Because mine isn't until the Dowager comes in. I have, um, a, I have a few more, so I'll read off okay, mine go for it. to catch up. Um, I love when he gives her the blue dress. And for some reason, this line always stuck out to me as a kid, and it's still one of my favorites in the movie. Maybe it's just the way it's said that I find it adorable. But when he gives her the dress and she's like looking under the skirt and he goes, what are you looking for? And she says, the Russian circus. I think it's still in here. And I just oh think that's goodness. charming. I'm just like, you silly bean. Yeah. Um, 
And then I love a couple of lyrics I love. So this song doesn't really like have a title. It's the little interlude song that um uh that Vlad sings when they're dancing together. They call I'm surprised that they called it a waltz reprise or something of um Learn to Do It. And I was like, I never really heard that. Yeah. I don't know, like I didn't hear the 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 tune of it be that similar. I just thought it was his own song. Yeah. Yeah. And um I love when he says a line, he's talking about, you know, that, like, I've taught her well, and da-da-da-da-da. I just forgot romance. Romance. Yeah. And then I love at the very end, he's like, I never should have let them dance. Because now oh. he knows it's just going to be so... And I love... It kind of gives me a callback to um, Timon and Pumbaa. Yeah, right? Yeah, when they're oh. just, like... <laughs> when they're like, our lives ah! are over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Oh. Um, what's your next one? Oh, wait. And then um, I also have a, another Rasputin line when he's mad that the boat thing didn't work. And and Bartok's trying to calm him down. And he's just like, like it's okay. Uh, like, I'm heartless. I have no feelings whatsoever. As his head is just going into his body and sits in his in his carcass. Yeah. Oh, God. I, I, so find, I just love the, I have no feelings whatsoever. And he just sounds so <laughs> calm. And I'm like, that's me when I'm, like, having an emotional breakdown. That's what I sound like. Just numb. I'm just, like, oh, crying goodness. in the corner. Like, it's okay. <laughs> oh, man. Um, And then... um. Uh, okay, now I'm back. Now I'm up to, so what, what's your dowager line? Mine was just the, yeah, the young man, where did you get that music box? You were the boy, weren't you? The servant boy who got us out. You (laughs) saved her life and mine and you restored her to me. Yet you want no reward. Not anymore. Why the change of heart? Or change of mind. It was more a change of heart. Yeah. Aww. That's really yeah, cute. Good I, Dimitri. I love that you wrote all of that down. <laughs> that's so sweet. Yeah, because it was like, yeah, it was the whole thing. That's like, that's like the moment that he finally like, yeah, he just, you know, changed and whatever for the better. Yeah. So that was good. That's really good. Um, For me, I have, uh, I have a few catching up to that. I have um, when I, I think Rasputin is in like Notre Dame or something. Like he's in some kind of like cathedral thing with the clock. And uh-huh. um. Bartok, you know, like Rasputin is selling well, sounding well adjusted now that Anastasia's been found. And Bartok's like, yes, like, let's relax. You know, we'll go dancing. It starts with like, I'll teach you the latest dance step. It starts with like a woo <laughs> and then you get really crazy with the hips, sir. Yeah. And he's so into it. And then Rasputin's like, no, 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 I'm going to crush them. And he's like, and we're back to the crushing. Crushing. <laughs> <laughs> he's just trying so hard. Oh, man. Um, What's your next one? Oh, also a bar talk. But when they're like in the final fight scene, he's like, you're on your own, sir. These can he's... only end in tears. Yes. That's what I find, too. I love that. It's so good. I love. Uh, wait, I'm, I want to talk about Bartok so much, but I have to wait till spicy hot takes. Um, <laughs> then I have I I have a couple more. Do you have any more? Uh, yeah, I just have Anastasia's last line, and then the last line from the Dowager. Yes, the no, it's a perfect beginning. Yeah, that's my last one too. It's so good. Um, my last one is I love when I didn't. I never caught this moment, but I think it's so cute of Vlad and Puka when um. Vlad is getting ready, you know, and Puka has that little, like, cross on his chest, and he goes, yeah, like, so do you mind? No, of course not. You're a wonderful dog. And he just, <laughs> just takes his little medal, and Puka looks fine with it, but I'm just like, you just took Puka's medal. And he's just, like, Poor putting Puka. it on his own chest. It's so cute. 
Um, but those are all of mine. What's your last one from Anastasia? Um, no, just the, the, the line she says as she's like, you know, Rasputin's like going to die or whatever. She's like, this is for Dimitri. Oh, this yeah. is for my family. And this, this is for you. Das Vidanya. <laughs> <laughs> she like sounds so like, it's such like a Terminator moment, I feel like. Like so yeah. like 80s action So hero. empowering. Yeah, so empowering. That's why I love her character. I'm just like, she is like female role model, I think, in such a great way. Um, because she has like morals, like she wants her family. And then when she finds out that it's all like a lie, she wants these morals and like, it's just, she's just great. She's, she's great. Um, yay. Best quote. Yeah. Woohoo. Uh, <laughs> now we move into most likely to break out into song, which I have, uh, three. I nom- torn. Yeah. I have three nominations and then I think a clear winner for me. Um, I nominated Anya, Vlad and Dimitri. Because I feel like they all equally have their moments of, like, Anya with, like, almost all of her songs. Vlad with um, Learn to Do It and with his little waltz remake. Um, rem- yeah. I wanted to call it a remix. With- oh. <laughs> There's a reprise? Yeah, his reprise. His reprise. And then Dimitri with um, In Paris Holds the Key when he's just yeah. all moody and just, like, oh, And just, like, so, so in his feelings. But I think it mostly goes to Anya because with... Between Journey to the Past and Once Upon a December, singing with her grandmother and just like yeah. so many moments where she just like goes for it. I'm like, you go, girl. You, Liz Calloway, you sang. You sang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so too. I put Vlad initially because, um, yeah, I was thinking of Learn to Do It and, and the reprise. But um, yeah, just the number of songs she has that are just so like in the moment and authentic, you know, that it didn't seem like a staged you know type of song or whatever it was just how she was feeling so i could see her yeah doing that in normal life yeah sweet yay congratulations anya congratulations liz calloway (laughs) um now we move into best song which i'm gonna list them off really quick so everybody remembers so we have a rumor in saint petersburg we have journey to the past we have once upon a december we have in the dark of the night uh we have learned to do it we have Paris Holds the Key to Your Heart. And then the credit song at the beginning, which I think is, honorable mention, one of the best credit songs for a yeah. kid's movie ever. I like, have to listen to the full thing. Yeah, it's so good. You have to stay for the credits to, just to listen to that song. It's so good. And usually I'm not into those kind of like 90s, like here's the R&B version of one of the hit songs from the movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Like most of the time they're really obnoxious and like gross. But this one's actually like really good. And I think it's the orchestration and just like the vibe of it that really makes you feel, just makes you feel good. Um, and I have an honorable mention like song that I think sh- uh, like should be mentioned and then a winner. So my honorable mention is Once Upon a December because really? yes, cuz like talk about easy to learn, catchy everybody can sing song, you know? Like I think the between the lyrics of like dancing bears, painted wings, things I almost remember between like the beautiful lyrics of that song and the easy like kind of spooky-ish tune it just like takes you away but for me the winner is journey to the past because that song gives me chills every single time like no matter who sings it no matter what context it's performed in 
that song gets well, me. Well, you can't say no matter who sings. <laughs> no, in my opinion, literally. You haven't heard Arnold sing. No, oh, no. <laughs> I was about to say, no, it doesn't matter. But now I'm concerned. <laughs> um, no, seriously, like anybody who sings it. Like I love uh, Christy Altamare who performed the Broadway show, um, uh, who played Anya on Broadway. Like her rendition of it. There's a video of her. I mean, there's a million videos of her singing yeah. the song. But the way she performs she does it she does it for the last time for her last broadway performance makes you can see the emotion in her eyes and she's just trying to like push through it to get through to the end of the song to just like get those notes out and i cry openly every time and watching it this time in the movie i got chills all the way up and down my body goosebumps everywhere like tears in my eyes just like that song takes me to a place that is so joyous and so hopeful which is rare for me. And I just love it so much. Love that song. So for me, yeah, that that like has to be the winner in my book. But what are your nominations? Well, no, I, I felt like when I read what you wrote that, you know, um, but sometimes mentioned when a song is prominently featured in a movie, I was like, well, clearly with my, my music box and everything, like Once Upon a December, like has to be it, you know, for how prominent that music box features in the film. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that was like the only one I put down. But yeah, personally speaking, yeah, I would say that Journey to the Past is is my personal favorite. Yeah, I mean. Um, But I thought that like the best one, most notable, like in the movie. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't know how to take it. Yeah, it's it's a hard category. I think for those two, because they're so amazing. Like almost, part of me like almost wishes both of them were nominated for an Oscar. Because so Journey to the Past was nominated. um, Okay. But not Once Upon a December. Um, interesting yeah and um I'm kind of surprised I feel like almost both of them deserve denomination um because they're both so amazing um and I see like the importance of Once Upon a December because again like we said like without the music box the movie can't happen so of course it has to be the theme of the movie because that's what ties all of the characters together yeah but I think in terms of power ballads and in terms of like, so in musical theater, we call it an I want song at the beginning of a show. Usually it's like the second or third song where the lead character sings an I want song of like whatever they really want. And that is their thesis for the entire play, for the entire musical. Mm. That is what they, that is what you're about to watch for two hours is them in the attempt to get what they want. And so in this movie, Journey to the Past is the I want song. And for me, it's one of the best I want songs Ever. Uh, equivalents of I Want Songs of, like, in terms of animated movies is, like, um, Go the Distance and yeah. um, uh, uh, Colors of the Wind and mm-hmm. um, things like that, where it's just, like, detailing. Or, no, Just Around the River Bend, sorry, for Pocahontas is actually her I Want Song. And, again, it's just, like, this stirring, amp, like, just... Ugh, it's so good. It's almost hard to describe. It's just the kind of thing that you just want to like sit down with your eyes closed and just like listen to it and just like absorb the power of that number. But I also get goosebumps. Yeah, whenever it like like all the the ghosts or memories yes. come out, you know, whatever. So like I don't know. Like both give me those chill moments. But um, yeah, I don't know. I like the message of Journey to the Past, of course. Um, so yeah, I, I do. I do agree. Actually, I kind of like biasly think the when the ghosts pop out of the painting, I think that's objectively the best scene in all of the Anastasia movie. Yeah, like, the the because I love that it it kind of it has almost like the thesis of the movie and just like one little like one little moment of like the spookiness of the ghosts and the idea of being haunted by your past and wanting 
to understand and like wanting that life again. Um, as well as you get the, the beauty, the majesty of like what the past was. And then eventually what she's going to get when like her and her grandmother are reunited. And then she finds love with Dimitri and all this stuff. It's like, it's great. Um, <laughs> and now we move into the last category of best all around, which I have some nominations, a couple of fun ones. And then like, I'm pretty sure a clear winner. Um, so to nominate, I have Anya. Of course, Obvious. because yep. talk about, like we said, female role models. She carries the movie so well, like romantic lead, everything. Dimitri is just yep. like a good classic bad boy that turns into like a really, really good guy. That's great. But that's why I did put him as like a runner up because I'm like, he did have the most character development, but like he was kind of rude at the beginning. So yeah, I kind of give it to her like most yeah, notably. Exactly. Um, And then. Uh, the three that are kind of like honorable mentions for me are like the emperor, the dowager empress. Yes. Because God love her. Like she, what she's gone through and she's amazing. Um, and then Puka and Bar- Bartok. Yeah. Because they're adorable and hilarious. Um, but I think Anya, yeah, is the clear winner. It's just like you are rooting for her the entire movie. And by the end, you're just like, yes, it worked. They did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Now we move on to the curveball, which we both kind of spoiled of, like, who was our childhood crush, because Dimitri is, like, the ultimate heartthrob. Yeah. Um, oh, my goodness. Who and, are you- and, like, his voice, which is funny that, yeah, like, I guess I never researched it when we were that young, but, like, I didn't know that it wasn't his voice singing it, you know, like, they mm-hmm. did a good job. Um, but I every, like, every movie that has, like, a, a guy that can actually sing, they're my favorite. Yeah, seriously. Um, and he... Yeah, he's just adorable. Um, for me, I feel like my favorite, ultimate favorite when I was a kid was Prince Philip from Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. Which is still my favorite, to be honest. He's still definitely my my number one animated heartthrob. But no, mine's Aladdin. Oh, classic. Oh, my God. Of course it's Aladdin. Sing. He so can. Cute. Well, that's that was Donnie Osmond, I believe, I think, sang for him. Really? Yeah. Oh my god, I didn't know that. Actually, I just saw him on, um, I was watching that show, my goodness, uh, about the- Singer. No, no, not that. Um, no, the Ken Jong has this new show, um, oh my god, I Can See Your Voice, um, that I just, like, binge watch, um, their first season of it, I, I don't know if they're coming back or not, but Donny Osmond was actually a guest, like, performer or whatever, um, and I was all surprised, because I was like, I mean, I've heard his name before, but I didn't know he could sing and anything like that. Um, so that's hilarious that, like, that's Wait, the guy. I'm totally, no, I'm totally wrong, actually. Donny oh. Osmond did Mulan, but Brad... Oh, that's still pretty good. Yeah, but Brad Kane did, um, uh, was Aladdin. Mm, and well, he... Props to Brad. Yeah. You go, Brad. Wait, what is that? <laughs> what is that from? Shit. Um... Brad, why does that? Hmm. I don't know. Now I don't know. I'm trying to think of a pop culture reference, but it's not working. Um, <laughs> damn. But now I'm thinking of them. Um, she's the man. When they're like, come on, Paul. <laughs> come on, Paul. I thought of it too. <laughs> Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Is, come on, Paul. Yeah, come on, Paul. Oh yeah, my goodness. Come on. Oh my Why god. Do we wait. always think of the same references because we grew up together. <laughs> <laughs> but it's wait. like all the number of things we've watched. You know. Now I'm so distracted that Brad Kane's Wikipedia has his MySpace website. Oh, poor Brad. He's wait. not with the times. Wait, is this like actually like MySpace or is this like a different? <laughs> wait, what? Maybe it just hasn't been updated. Let's hope. <laughs> I hope so. That's funny. Oh my god. 
Um, I don't wow, know if so... I never deleted my MySpace. Huh. Really? Wait, you had a my- MySpace? I did for like a day and then all of a sudden it wasn't popular anymore. I hate high school. <laughs> Why did I do this? That's the first time I've ever heard you say you hate high school. I'm so proud. No, I just like the whole atmosphere of like things just change and on, on a dime. It's just like, really? Come well, on. Well, that's what I hate about social media now. It's like I have so many friends who have all signed up for TikTok and I'm just like, no, fuck that shit. Like we all need to stop using social media. Why? Like what? We're just getting sucked in. And I hate that like every almost every week there's some new platform people are trying to make happen and it's kind of like it, it, like uh, fet, like stop make trying to make fetch happen it's not going to happen <laughs> it's like that kind of thing shall we move into i have some notes sure sweet okay so for those of you counting at home i wrote 10 pages of notes for this movie oh my gosh yep um i was kind of surprised i didn't write more but i forgot that this movie actually isn't that long i feel like if if the movie was maybe like 20 minutes longer i would have written maybe like five more pages but for an hour and 30 minute movie, I wrote 10. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and read off my notes first. Yes. All of my notes. And then I will pass it over to you. Um, let's see. And I'm going to try not to repeat anything we've already mentioned. Um, <laughs> I have some like joke notes in this movie that kind of make fun of the movie. So like my first one is, don't you love kids movies that rewrite history? Yeah. Like, I, between well, this I mean, movie and Pocahontas. I'm like, yeah, oh my well, that's, God. this is the only history I know. So if anything in here is a lie, I'm screwed. You um, know, like, that's well, it. I, I do, I did read a Bustle article earlier that explained all of the fact and fiction from this movie. Oh, no. So, that would depress me. Don't well, send it to me. <laughs> well, can I mention, I'm going to couple mention just a couple of things. Okay. Um, One of them, well, basically, it's kind of the same thing, but like, so it was proven in 2009 that all of the children and the whole family was in fact killed by the bolsheviks um the through dna analysis um so there yeah there was never like a a hidden anastasia in the world there were plenty of imposters which the most famous one who got like the furthest in terms of getting people on her side believing it was her was um her name she was usually known as anna anderson and um Mm. it turned out that she was just like a factory worker from poland i think um uh, but she got the closest to, like, being convincing. But the grandmother, in reality, did, the empress, like, did live. Uh, she fled Russia before, like, everything happened. But she actually, there was never a reward um, in real life. She spent the next 10 years, like, wishing. And she, it's kind of unclear whether she did believe they were killed or not. You know, it was confirmed that her son had been killed, the the czar of the family, but mm-hmm. it wasn't confirmed that all the others had been killed. So she held out, from what we understand, she held out hope that they hadn't, that they escaped. But um, but it was never really confirmed. And then she died 10 years after the tragedy happened. Um, which I find interesting that this movie takes place like 10 years after the, the yeah. revolution. So like they try to use the same storyline, you know, but, um, but yes, there was an actual like in a, uh, or like Anastasia imposter and yeah but okay I have to ask in real life then was she also at the palace like she was in the movie because if so how did a grandma get away but no one else did no she she was not present when the family was taken from what I understand they were in hiding uh. in a different location and they were told to go down to the basement and hide from the Bolsheviks who were arriving but they were betrayed and the Bolsheviks killed all of them oh okay um and that makes sense yeah and um for years it was contested whether one of them might have escaped because there was a rumor that anastasia might have survived the bullets because of all the jewels they were hiding in their coats oh wow yeah that's a stretch yeah exactly (laughs) um but there were rumors um 
which the movie, like, technically that's true. There were rumors that Anastasia had survived. Um, but, yeah. Crazy. Um, what else? Uh, Rasputin? I didn't remember this about this movie. Like, one, this movie is a lot creepier than I remember it. Like, totally not little kid friendly. It is, it can be very dark sometimes. And Rasputin is disgusting. Like, all of his gross bodily function shit that yeah. happens as a, as a dead person is, like, I was literally, I was trying to, like, have lunch in the middle of watching the movie, and I was like, this is difficult. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's so many things in this movie that are, like, storylines from other movies that are, like, other hints of things. So, like, there's a couple of Sleeping Beauty moments that happen in this movie where, one, when he, like, storms into the party and very a la Maleficent. Yeah. He's like, how dare you? <laughs> and just gets like. And curse you. Yeah, and curse you. And like, I'm so mad at you. Oh my God. Um, so that happens. And then also at the end of the movie, when he traps Anya on the bridge, he like closes it up. He closes up like the garden that she's just gone through. And it kind of looks like a briar patch, like what surrounds the Sleeping Beauty castle. Yeah. At the end of the movie. And I was just like, that's a good point. Yeah. Sleeping Beauty. There's like a few things that I caught in this movie. Um, Okay, when Yet she. It is not Disney. It's not Disney, yeah. Oh, I know. That's, <laughs> uh, that frustrates me. <laughs> well, now technically she kind of is, but like not. Um, when Anya's trying to get onto the train car with her grandmother, why does like no one help? Right? <laughs> like if you see a little girl like trying to trail her grandmother, come on, people. Like, oh, they're so rude. So rude. I'm and like... no one even like checks on her. They could have at least like. You know, I don't know. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, literally, like, nothing. It makes me mad at the Russians. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, just blame all Russians for that moment. <laughs> well, the animated ones at that moment. <laughs> yeah. Bad people. Bad Russians. Um, uh, Yeah, it's it's just annoying. It's just like, hello. Um, <laughs> This movie, at the very beginning, makes Russia look so glamorous. And I feel like that's yeah. just, like, not a thing anymore because, like, America hates the Russians so much. It's just, like... It's not a thing anymore to make Russia look good. Um, and St. Petersburg is arguably one of the best opening numbers of a musical ever. It's just so like funny. sets the tone so well. It's so humorous. It sets. It's a great. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah. When they're like setting the stage, it's just like the song sets that up really well, giving all the details. Exposition. I got it. It's not an O. <laughs> I was thinking of the exposition. <laughs> <laughs> but um i love the exposition of that song it's great okay moving on um <laughs> this is a nitpick of course the the grandmother's tired of like all these scams but like of course there's gonna be scams if you advertise like i'm looking right. for my my granddaughter i'm giving I mean, you but this she had minute. 10 years of scams like oh my goodness i know i feel bad for her but i'm also just like girl you're really gonna advertise it instead of just like i don't know it's just like well of course that's gonna happen then um get a better assistant to help you with weeding out the fake people like, what? Like, Sophie doesn't look very good at her job. Spicy hot take. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, ha 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 ha. <laughs> oh, another call out to, like, a different movie. St. Petersburg also gives me such Beauty and the Beast vibes. Of, mm, like, Little so. Town. It's a quiet village. Like, that whole, like, all of Belle, that whole opening number, I feel like is very St. Petersburg yeah. X. And you, you get... Know? It's very funny. You get all of the characters involved. You get the whole town involved. And, like, it's about rumors and gossip, which is just like Belle. And, yeah, very Beauty and the Beast-esque. Hmm, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, This movie is one of the movies that convinced us as kids that, like, signs exist 
You know, like the yeah. dog is like on scene. And she's like, all right, I can take a hint. I'm like, wow, this movie like really. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. This like ruined a generation of kids to just be like, it's a sign. So now it's like a boy texts you and you're just like, oh my God, he's in love with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. How is Dimitri and how are Dimitri and Vlad just casually living in the palace? Like, it's a palace. What is it doing just sitting there? Like, why is nobody in there? Why is That's it not torn down? Why is it too. not a museum? Like, how are they just squatting there? I don't understand how that's possible. Yeah. And he, especially even that old woman, like, knew that they were there. So, like, people know that they're, it's not just like, you know, like, they're getting away with it. Like, people actually know that someone's squatting in there. And, yeah. like, no one's doing anything about it. Yeah. It's crazy. And it's a, it's a, like it's a sacred place like i mean come on they should have some like pride in that i don't know yeah exactly um i love the gold dress she wears in the ghost sequence of once upon a december yes it's so fucking gorgeous and i love that they do like a callback to it later when she wears a gold dress for her like coming out party basically and i love that they bring it back in like an even grander way i'm just like gold is like the perfect color on that character and it's gorgeous um it's royalty royalty and I always wanted her hair. I just, that, her yeah. red, luscious hair. I'm so fucking jealous See, of. See, I would go back to Bangs if I could get it to stay like that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's nearly impossible. But, you know, animated yeah. movies. Always making I girls, know. making that girls hair. Ariel, it drives me crazy. Exactly. Making girls hair look good since 1989. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love, you know, I find it hilarious that, like, Dimitri's yelling at her, like, hey, who are you? Like, stop, stop. You know, he's so mad at her for breaking in. But it's like, well, you guys are squatting there. He is too. You're trespassing, too. Shut the fuck up, Dimitri. Who the fuck are you? Yeah. <laughs> she wanted to see some some art. Like, yeah, exactly. What's wrong with that? It's like, calm the fuck down, bitch. Um, yeah, it's hilarious. And then Vlad with Puka, when he first meets him, is so me when he's just like, oh, he likes me. And he's like, <laughs> licking his face. I was like, that's me. <laughs> I identify. <laughs> taking any little sign from an animal that they love you yeah um what is bartok doing in that room in the first place like why is bartok yeah just... has he been there for like 10 years that's just the like... thing i'm like what why is bartok just hanging out in the grand ballroom like and why just... did he think that she would show up there like if he really was looking for her you know well i don't think he was i don't think they believed that she existed until because he says he's like I, like, they're all supposed to be dead. Like, he believes that they're all supposed to be gone. And then he's like, but if this thing is back alive, then maybe that it really is her. And then all of a sudden yeah. he gets dragged to hell. So it's like, I don't know. So he should have been in a cave or something, like a normal bat. Yeah, exactly. But he's not a normal bat. He likes to dance and <laughs> make out with the pretty pink ladies. <laughs> um, what what the hell is that underground sequence when he, like, flies through all of the layers of the earth? Oh, God. So gross. It's so gross and just, like, weird. It makes me uncomfortable. I'm just like, what are we watching right now? What the, did this movie just become? Like, it changes the whole tone of the movie very quickly. Um... And it makes it seem, yeah, like the underworld is the center of the earth. Yeah, which I'm like, let's not teach kids that. Some religious cult is going to pick that up and be like, the center of the world is hell. But Well, there already probably are religious groups who believe that. (laughs) (laughs) Let's dig down. Oh, my God. Um, This movie makes, it's like such a dizzy thing. It makes bats look so cute. It's like, oh, he's a little bat. He's so cute. Which also, they don't specify what kind of bat he is. Like, they don't say, like, he says his cousin is a fruit bat, but he doesn't say if he's, like, a normal bat. Like, I don't know. Right. Um, In the Dark of the Night is one of the best villain songs, hands down. 
like yeah. so creepy, so well that performed. And scars. Yeah. I yes, will be say. prepared. Which is funny because every time I listen to In the Dark of the Night, I think of Be Prepared, and every time I hear Be Prepared, I think of this song. It's like they kind of and again, that's another like animated callback I feel like they used for this movie. Yeah. That they were just like, that's our inspiration. And they just kind of like dragged it over. Um, where do you get the red wig from? Red wig. In the scene in in the heat of the night, he like pretends to be Anya. Oh, and all of a sudden he's just yeah. wearing a red wig. And I'm like, wait. Huh. Where do you get that? He's in he's in well, purgatory. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they have like extra special like powers of uh you know, conjuring stuff in the underworld. I don't know. I don't but know. yeah, that's weird. It's weird. Um, what else? Um, don't you love movies that are not American with American accents? <laughs> it's just, it gets me laughing every time I see one of these. Um, what yeah, happens? My bad portrayals that their accents. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine if they like tried seeing if Russian accents would work on every character and they were just like, oh, nah, God. never mind. Um, what happened to the other passengers on the train? Good point. Yes, absolutely. I mean, they they cut off the train, so it was just them and then the the um the, the head of the car, whatever, yeah. the engine. Um, but yeah, I mean, they must have just come to a stop at some point. Like, also, it's very convenient for the the demons that like they ca- they conveniently went to the front of the train, so they were able to separate it really easily instead of doing it in like the middle well, of the train. Well, they did because of the papers, yeah. But so like, how do the demons know that the papers are the wrong color? Like, again, they would have just, just like, killed everybody. Yeah. yeah, yeah, movie magic. It's just like very convenient. Um, also, those demons are really smart. Like, they just, like, the fact that they can listen to conversation and be like, oh, they're about to break the the chain, the, like, between the cars. Let's go seal it together. <laughs> like. Yeah. They're, they're really, they're very intelligent. Um, how did the demons remove the conductor from the, the engine of the train? Like, why hmm. is the conductor not there? I thought they, well, yeah, no, because he said that, that the train was just running on its own yeah no one was running it but like that's not possible Uh. there's always a train conductor so how did they remove the train conductor these are things that i think about at 3 (laughs) a.m well you notice a lot more (laughs) (laughs) i've been doing this will probably be what my like 10th 11th episode when this comes out so i've been doing this for a while now um everyone needs a bar talk in their life just a little white bat to just follow them around and encourage them to be their best selves He's just, he could be a and life to, coach. And to let go of the stress. <laughs> yeah. Stress. It's a killer, sir. Yeah. He, he's just, he's such a, he's a little inspirational speaker. Um, Another callback to another animated movie. So you know how this movie is like, he can't break the talisman because like, they'll be mad because he sold his soul, blah, 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 blah. That is literally the storyline of the princess and the frog with Facilier. <gasps> what? Oh my God. That's so true. Yeah. So another call out. Another callback. Um, okay, Anya gets so upset when she finds out that she has to, like, act like a duchess when she meets them. And it's like, what did you expect, Anya? You can't just show up as an orphan girl and be like, I think I'm her? Like, yeah, what? Like, of course you have to prepare. Like, it's just one of those moments in the movie where I'm like, honey, why should they believe you <laughs> if you just show up and you're just like, I have no memory, but I have this locket. And, 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 yeah, I have red hair and, and pretty, yeah. <laughs> pretty blue eyes. Don't I look like her? Like, what? Oh, God, I love Anya. It's just one of those moments in the movie where I'm like, honey, get your shit together. <laughs> um, 
why are why are Anya and Dimitri both very good at dancing when it seems like they've never danced in their lives? Well, no, didn't it take a little bit of training? They, I thought no, no it looks like they had never practiced before because that's why they're practicing on the boat. Well, in the song, he says one, two, three. So that was all they needed to learn. <laughs> yeah, which, like, I guess um, Vlad, after this, becomes a dance instructor in Paris yeah. because apparently he's the best. <laughs> yeah, and, well, I mean, Sophie loves to dance, so sure. Yeah, they can run it together. And it's like his catch line, his, like, his advertisement phrase could be like, in one, two, three, I'll make you a dancer of your dreams. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Some weird kitschy thing. Um, okay, so you know me and my fear of butterflies. Uh-huh. Yeah, mine too. And, yes. And so <laughs> in this movie, I forgot this happens. Like, when why she starts... would she follow the butterflies? <laughs> well, just like when that scene happens and all of a sudden there's like a million monarch butterflies on the screen. I just want in all caps, too many butterflies. <laughs> 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 I was very scared. Um, for some reason, maybe this is just like how fucked up my brain is. My favorite sequence in the movie all of my life into this day is still when she's on the boat having her dream and Dimitri has to go save her. Yeah. I don't know why it's my favorite sequence in the movie, but it is. I love that part. I look forward to it every time and it, it gets me pumped and I, yeah. I really like it. Um, <laughs> there's something to be said about a damsel in distress. It's sad, but yes. Sure. Well, it's, it's funny. Cause I used to talk about this with my therapist that I would tell her, I was like, why is it that I have these fantasies of like wanting to be rescued? And she's like, because every kid's movie teaches you that that's what girls do. Yeah. Like, but I do like that about this, that I did write that down that like, I felt like they were equal in the saving department. So that's kind of nice and, and original, you know, for, for most movies that we saw when we were young. So they are, that is very true that they do like ride that line together very well. Um, so yeah. And I just love that sequence. It's okay. Um, <laughs> the winner of the most dramatic award goes to Rasputin. <laughs> <laughs> my notes because he's just like banging his head on the ceiling yeah he's just so such a mess and it's like honey um okay he just kind of casually wears like a santa coat when he goes into the real world do you notice that remember this no he puts on when he's like we're going to the real world you know and he like shoots up with bartok Uh uh-huh he puts on a red cape with a white fur trim and he oh, looks gosh. like Santa. Santa. <laughs> and I just think it's really Trying weird. to scare children even more. Yeah. And it kind of reminds me of like Nightmare Before Christmas. It's almost like a little hint at Nightmare Before Christmas of hmm. um, Jack Skellington wearing. That would trying be funny to be if that were, was what they were trying to go for. Yeah. I was like, maybe somebody was a Nightmare Before Christmas fan. Um, I never noticed that this movie has a kitty cat in it. But it does. And so I wrote, aw, kitty. um sophie okay this is my main aesthetic in life sophie leaning in the doorway when vlad shows up for the first time and she's just like bam i'm like that's my aesthetic (laughs) i love her so much she's just like trying so hard to be sexy and i love the maid in the background is like say okay i was gonna say this later but now that you brought it up that I read in also on the IMDb trivia thing, whatever, it's that Bernadette Peters was not pleased with the design for her character. According to Gary Goldman, Peters was very physically fit at the time of production. It was disappointed that Sophie was drawn so heavy set. I thought that was so funny. I was like, oh my goodness, I like I'm that, that it would be kind of I mean I'm not I, surprised I would fear that actors least. don't get 
insulted by that. It's not like they're trying to model it after you, but I guess I could see that like why your voice then would match with hers or I don't know. Yeah, it's people get upset about that kind of shit all the time. And I God love Bernadette Peters. I am not surprised she was upset with I was literally thinking that as I was watching the movie. I was like, oh, oh, Sophie's a lot bigger than Bernadette Peters in real life. <laughs> and of course, and uh, fat phobia is a thing. Like that just exists in society. So I'm not surprised that Bernadette was like, um, excuse me, I'm a lot more um, petite than that. But like, Thank I you. like the humor that she brought because of her size, you know, like she was just like, like she was more willing to like kind of shake it till she made it, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, she's sexy as fuck. I mean, her curves are gorgeous. Like, yeah. And what's funny is in this movie, they make a lot of like, they try to make skinny like an insult. Like, they try to say that Anya's too skinny to be pretty. And I'm like, fuck all y'all with that fucking bullshit. That's, like, skinny... Being skinny is not an insult, okay? Like, what the fuck? Like, the world, like, revolves around skinny people. That's just how it works. And, um... But Sophie is admired in this movie for her curves. I mean, Vlad is, like, obsessed with her body. And it's just, like, yeah, we need to, like... Yeah, um... Makes me sad Bernadette didn't like that. I'm like, come on, girl. Like, embrace curvy people. Um, what else? Uh, da, 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 da. Well, hopefully she's learned now. It's been 23, almost 24 years. So. Yeah, hopefully. Um, I never knew. So when Vlad and Sophie first see each other for the first time and they're like talking to each other, I always thought they were talking gibberish. I didn't realize when I ha- <laughs> that they were saying each other's names, their full names. Yeah. And so when I had the subtitles on this time, I was like, wait a second. I always just thought they were doing like some. Yeah, exactly. I just thought it was like some weird Russian gibberish that I just like didn't get. And I was like, going to be okay with that. Um, There's random Chanel clothing advertising in this. They're just like standing in front of a Chanel store. And I'm like. Oh, I think they actually said. Oh, did I not copy that one? Rats. I think there was a comment that said that, yeah, that they, in that whole entire song that they, like, referenced um, very, like, popular French, you know, figures or whatever. Um, Well, yeah, Josephine Baker is featured in the song, which in that time period in the 1920s, she would have been living in Paris and having her nightclub show, Um, which she's the one with the leopard, the black woman mm -hmm. with the leopard. That's her. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's just leopard, cheetah. I think it's a cheetah. I think Mm -hmm. it's a cheetah. I don't know. Oh, well. Oh, no, I love cats. I should get this right. Um, But yeah, it's just weird that like Chanel is just randomly advertised in this movie. I'm just like, okay. Um, Perry holds the key to your heart is like literal show stopping number. Like when I watch the movie, I just kind of have to pause after that number and just be like, oh, yeah, that was it. That was the content (laughs) I needed. Uh, the Can-Can Girls are my favorite. Just, like, can- <laughs> Can-Can Girls in general are just, like, amazing. Like, the shit that they do with their legs and then just jumping into the splits. Like, God love them. Crazy. Um, I love... Okay, so, <laughs> in Perry Holds the Key to Your Heart, I kind of laugh every time Dimitri just gets super moody. Because, like, everybody else is having this great day and he's just like, I'm going to lose my one true love. Well, that's why I don't think that he would, like, break out into song as much. Yeah. he was not happy with it. And that was, like, a great number. He was so not happy. And I love that they build up to this huge ending of the song. And they're like, Parry holds the key. And then he's just like, two. <laughs> and it's so soft and just small and sad. But it's cute. And then all of a sudden it's just belting of heart. And it's just this Ooh, la, cute. La. It's this huge ending and it's fucking hilarious and I laugh every time. I'm just like, you moody bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I also think that they must have styled 
you know how like there's so many random characters featured in that whole sequence in Paris? I feel like they must have animated those characters after the singers or something because they all look so specific. Hmm, maybe. And I'm just a little like, are they supposed to be modeled after like the actual singers? I mean, I think they like... do that a lot in like just animated movies in general. Like, I think they sneak some kind of things in of of their own faces. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I don't know, maybe. I never noticed that it's a Cinderella ballet that they go to. Yeah, which I thought was cool. Um, I I feel so bad for the dowager in the sequence when Dimitri steals the car. Oh, yeah. Stop this car. Yeah, I'm just like, can you imagine being an old lady and this creep who tried to, like, talk to you earlier has now stolen your vehicle that you're stuck in and you can't do anything about it? Like, yeah. I really, I feel for her. That's terrifying. Um, And then, of course, he waits till the last second to reveal the fucking music box. I'm like, dude, you should have led with you that. Could've. Exactly. Like, lead Yeah, with and that. then he said that he worked in the in the in the palace and i'm like why didn't you say that you were the boy you know from the beginning like uh-huh. i don't know maybe he worried that she wouldn't believe him but it's just like dude do something that's like more productive than what you did um love the grandma scene i already mentioned that earlier and then also this is funny but i want like a short film about like her driver panicking about his boss being <laughs> driven away oh like, my god can you imagine hell. him just running to the police and being like help <laughs> this old lady <laughs> how terrifying yeah i know um okay i wrote all of this in caps because just like this whole sequence from the scene where Aunt anya is in those pink see-through pajamas mm-hmm. and then the fucking crown and then the golden pink dress and then yep. Puka dressed as a prince. I wrote all of that in caps. I wrote, her pajamas are goals. Oh my God, that crown. Ah, the golden <laughs> pink dress. And then Puka as a prince, LOL. I wrote all of that in caps, just right straight through. Um, Another fun reference, movie reference, is when they get to the uh, the maze part, you know, where she's running after Puka. All mm-hmm. I could think about was Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Yes, me too. So it's just like, the what else? The movie mazes. Yep. Um... Uh, I love, <laughs> I love when Puka grabs the little like vial thing and then he flaps with his it ears. Flaps with his ears. <laughs> it's so cute. Aww. It's so cute. Um, and then Puka howling when he thinks that that he's died and like he hasn't liked him the whole movie and finally he's like, oh, he's so upset about uh Dimitri maybe Dimitri. having died and I'm like oh, yeah. baby, um. And then they eloped the same night? As- yeah, I guess so, right? Because she literally, like, Sophie literally says, they eloped. Yeah, which I was like, maybe they mean eloped in a different form. Like, you know how, like, rape used to mean kidnap instead of, like, what it means now? It's like, maybe they mean eloped like they ran away together is what they mean? Because, like, how the fuck? Who would marry them at, like, what, midnight? Well, on they a- knew they were going to run away because, like, the dowager gave her permission to run away. So, I don't yeah, know. I don't know how that works. Um, But it's just, like, how would they I, ma- I manage mean, that? Did you notice a ring on her finger? I didn't. I didn't. Uh-huh. Which, I don't, so I don't know if that. Also, well, the movie definitely would have put a ring on her finger. So, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what That was means. another pretty dress she wore. Yeah, it was. Uh. Um, and then what happens to Vlad in the end of the movie? He just kind of disappears after he gets ready for the party. There's just like no sign of him again. I'm just like, yeah, but he looks pretty nice. So I'm, I'm assuming he gets some kind of like 
maybe not a title per se, but like, you know, well, he gets to stay near Sophie. I I'm assuming, think. I'm assuming probably him and Sophie end up together now that he has finished his quest to like find, and I'm assuming, oh, yeah. I'm assuming he takes some of the reward money from the Dowager. Cause like, why shouldn't so. he, you know? Yeah. Um, and also I love when um, Puka covers his eyes. When, oh, when they kiss. When they're kissing. I thought it was so cute. I was like, oh, baby. But I did get mad at Puka, though, because he, like, stopped them mid-kiss when they were, like, in trouble and stuff. And I'm like, oh, come on. Like, well, you know, he didn't like him yet. Um, I love... So, P- thank God Puka and Bartok are in this movie because they really balance the movie to, like, keep it cute. You know? Yeah, yeah. They were needed. Yeah. yeah like, this movie could have been so much darker if they weren't there. And I'm so glad they are. Um... The pink girl bat, as cute as it is, just doesn't make any sense at the end of the movie. I'm just like, why is she there? Why does he need a girlfriend well, in the last it gives two Bartok seconds? Bartok a little bit of happiness because he it's was just, just tormented. It's just so weird. Um, the end of the movie is like such a 90s ending of a movie where they're like playing this like R&B pop kind of like hit song, you know, and then yeah. they have all of the all of the flashbacks of an animated movie. They have callbacks of all the characters. So funny. Um, and then amazing final song um yeah it's just like yeah such a good way to end the movie and those are my i have some notes um what are yours well i didn't have too many like during the movie it was more of my trivia research but um i i was surprised at the beginning when um that it was actually the townspeople that like ran the royal family from their throne because of Rasputin's, like, influence or whatever. But, like, I always thought it was, like, him that, like, conjured up something. I don't know what I used to remember. But, yeah, I didn't remember it actually being, like, people with, like, pitchforks and whatever, you know? Yeah, it's kind of, like, the movie almost insinuates. It tries to, like, hint at the real thing that happened, you know? It tries to hint that there was the the Russian Revolution. But, like, somehow just uses Rasputin as, like, a as like the villain because like how do you blame like a this movie clearly didn't want the revolution to be the problem yeah but it kind of was like a nod to beauty and the beast once again oh yeah (laughs) that's so true kill the Um, beast yeah yeah (laughs) so i put what i learned you should pay attention to visions and random songs just in case you turn out to be royalty um and then as for the once upon a december scene like just in my real life like anytime i like get scared of ghosts and i start thinking of them like i kind of sing to myself once upon a december Uh and it makes me feel comforted a little bit that i'm like they're at least watching me (laughs) (laughs) i don't know that it's not like a a threatening presence but it's like oh they're just memories you know (laughs) know. that's good uh we said that the hair yep yeah that was and then so okay a couple of the trivia stuff that I thought was so interesting yeah. so um the uh, like they were saying that in real life um Olga really did say that Anastasia's drawing looked like a pig riding a donkey <laughs> um it was stated in by Anastasia in a letter to her father and the image used in the movie is a reproduction of the original picture similar to what you said about the the painting of the family yeah um so that's cool and then I didn't know that puka in Celtic folklore actually means a shape-shifting creature that can bring fortune so oh. like that's the whole point of puka Aww. um and then yeah that the music box was actually existed it was given by her grandmother for her 13th birthday but it was silver and a ballerina on top oh. um and and then yeah i just found it interesting about like how the um like rasputin in 
in real life, like he was actually uh, the Romanoff's advisor uh-huh. and uh, Alexandra um, m- most trusted confidant. So he, so rumor has it that he told um, Alexandra that that uh, that they were going to be assassinated, and that if one of her relatives, or no, that he was going to be assassinated. Sorry. Yeah. And if one of her relatives killed him, then all the Romanoff family would die within a year. Yep. Um, and so he was like, right. Yeah, but that's just crazy. That's like so he was actually like a good guy, and I don't well, know. he it was complicated. He he was like their healer because he was taking care of their son who suffered from hemophilia who by most medical standards nowadays would definitely not have lived to be king but they had only had daughters and you know it was a big like technically their son alexander was the only one who like was in line for the throne who could be king um and so they had rasputin as a way to try to like help him survive basically and it was because of Rasputin's close relationship with the mother that that was then that confidence was passed on to the son and that's some people say that was the only reason that um he like lived as long as he did and I read in the bustle article that I found about um like how accurate is this movie it did say that um here it is um, Rasputin and the Romanovs had a close relationship. Movie pilot is, I hope movie pilot is reliable, uh, reported that after the Romanovs were executed, Anastasia and her sisters were found wearing necklaces with Rasputin's picture. What? Yeah. So. So he was really close. Very close. Yeah. I mean, I would almost, I think some people usually would refer to him as like their spiritual leader. Oh. Yeah. Um, cause he presented himself as a healer, but. By most accounts, he was pretty much just a con man. There's a great, for any of you who are, like, interested in this kind of history and, like, would really want to take a very, very, very deep dive into all of this, um, a podcast I love called The La- uh, Last Podcast on the Left did a Rasputin series um, maybe, like, a year ago that I think is, like, five part. Like, they really went all in. And I, God love them. I think I got maybe, like, halfway through the series, but it really is, like, the pure history of that guy. Mm. And I just couldn't do it. <laughs> I just, I couldn't get through it. Um, but it. But if you love history and you, like, want to know the whole, like, actual story of Rasputin, that series is great. And they do an amazing job with their research, so everything they'll talk about is is guaranteed to be true. So, yeah. Cool. Did you yeah, have any other... I thought it was... Well, related to that, that I guess in A Rumor in St. Petersburg, there's a lyric, an old woman tells Dmitri to buy Count Yusupov's pajamas. Um, while offering a pair of ragged clothes, Yusupov, who actually was a prince, really existed, was indeed related to Alexander Romanov, and was the one who killed the real Rasputin, along with the group of noblemen. So, yeah, like, I mean, if that uh, prophecy was was to be believed, like, it's just interesting that her family actually did kill him. Yeah, supposedly the letter that he said that prophecy that he, like, wrote it in has never been found but it has been, like, um, touted a lot. So, technically, there's no proof that he predicted his own death, but it's kind of, like, a wildly believed um, rumor. Um, And then Vlad tells Anya in the movie that Anastasia means she will rise again. Um, And Anastasia actually does mean resurrection, apparently. So, that's cool. Um, And then, oh, yeah, so Liz Calloway, about her. She was called in at the last minute by Stephen Flaherty and um, Lynn Ahrens. Ahrens, yeah. I don't know. Um, to substitute for a singer who couldn't make the recording session of the temp tracks for 20th Century Fox, her tracks of the songs were liked so much they led her to a subsequent casting as the singing voice of Anastasia. Wow. Um, so, go her. Cool. Um, 
Yeah, so they were saying in Paris Holds the Key to Your Heart uh, that they had um, cameos of Maurice Chevalier, Sigmund Freud, Charles A. Lindbergh, Josephine Baker, Claude Monet, Isadora Duncan, August Rodin, and Gertrude Stein. Stein? I don't know. Oh, you Um, didn't mention... Wait, did you say Josephine Baker? No? I did, yes. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah, uh, that was interesting. Because, yeah, I didn't hear the Freud comment until i like watched it good thing i like read all these first (laughs) um what else what else oh yeah that the original working title for the movie was called the music box Um, oh wow terrible title yeah well since they focused on that they thought about it but yeah i'm glad they switched it um and then they were saying this was the last animated movie from 20th century fox to feature a female protagonist until epic in 2013 so i'm like that is 16 years without a female protagonist. That's pretty sad. Well, that's why, and that's exactly, it's statistics like that, that, like, this is why I mentioned on the podcast when it's like, we need more representation. We need more diverse storylines and all that good stuff. Because, yeah, uh, what did you say? 16, was it 16 years? 16 years, years. Yeah. yeah. 16 years is a bit too long. <laughs> and um, there were two ensemble singers that, well, I don't know about Billy Porter. Um, oh. I didn't do the research on who that is, but maybe uh, you recognize him. Uh, wow. Yeah, Billy Porter is huge. He and okay. Emmy winning, Emmy winning, Tony Award winning actor, who oh, is wow. like one of the greats of um, of performing. I he's one of the voices featured in this. Him and J.K. Simmons. Really? Yeah, that's crazy. Right? J.K. Simmons like singing in this. Yep, they were ensemble singers weird i had a professor who was in this movie oh what yeah he you know the the deep bass voice in um find her like that voice oh that's him yes you did tell me that once and i totally forgot yeah Yeah, that's awesome yeah um what else i read that part oh that hank azaria got the role for bartok in only 10 minutes into his (laughs) audition classic um yeah and the i wonder what his i need to see a video of his audition because i can't even imagine (laughs) it must have been so cool to watch him do this oh yeah and then the worldwide gross totaled um for the movie up to 139.8 million dollars making it don blue's highest grossing film to date cool um so i was like go anastasia yeah and yeah that's all i had nice cool um should we move into spicy hot takes yes sweet my first one i have is Okay, so the grandmother gave her the necklace, you know, together in Paris, and then uh-huh. the the music box. And she knows that she lost the music box because it fell behind. Why didn't, why she, didn't ad- she just ask her? <laughs> why didn't she, a- yeah, why didn't she advertise the necklace? Why didn't she be like, if, if a girl can come forward with the necklace I gave my granddaughter... And she's the I only one who knows what it looks like. she was afraid of, like, it just being stolen off of her when she fell on the train track? I don't know. I don't know. But it's just one of those things. I was like, why? The dowager could have skipped so many steps if she had said, I will only see people who can produce a necklace that looks like the one that my I gave my granddaughter. That makes so much sense. Yeah. So, just saying. <laughs> um, <laughs> my next one is, okay, this is a big spicy hot take that might cause a debate. Is Journey to the Past the best princess song? No. Which, which one would you consider the best? Huh. Best. Um, I mean, 
I thought of, well, but she's not, I know she's considered a princess, you know, whatever by the standards though. I was just thinking of Mulan that the reflection, but you, oh, it was just really interesting. It was just, but I just watched the live one. So it was kind oh. of fresh in my head. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, but I mean, like, what do you mean by just sung by only the princess or because, you know, sung... I love Aladdin. So I was like, okay, of course. Yeah. You know. Just like, just sung by a princess. Like who, like, is that the best like princess song? Like in, like comparing it to like, um, comparing it to like part of your world or colors of the wind or uh, reflection or like right. um or how far i'll go like all of those princess songs like solo princess songs is journey to the past the best princess song no it'd be like up there maybe top five but i want to say for me it's tied with because i used to say part of your world i consider to be the best um princess yeah. song and i would tie this song with part of your world because I think in terms of setting setting the scene for the character and being, like, a perfect I want song and having, uh, like, yeah, both, uh, I, like, Journey to the Past for me is, yeah, is tied for top. It would, too. But, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I would have to side with my more traditional Disney princesses, I guess, over it. I don't know. I probably yeah. would have said, yeah, whole new world and then part of your world as my top two solid um okay how did no one steal the necklace from anastasia all those years she grew up, <laughs> she grew up in an orphanage like how did she manage to hold on to that necklace all that time yeah. i think find that almost impossible like even like that woman who's like so horrible to her that kicks her out i feel like that woman would have taken it from her right like how yeah she must be a really good fighter because she probably had to get into some fist fights over it because there's no way that people didn't just try to take it from her. Yeah, especially she, she was kind of like a character, like a, um, oh my God, what's the name? Uh, Mrs. Hannigan. Yes, <laughs> exactly. She was like Mrs. Hannigan. Um, let's see. My next one is, okay, so again, kind of like a facilier reference. Those demon things technically aren't, he called, like, Bart, um, uh, Rasputin calls them his servants at one point, but, like, they're technically not his servants. They're, like, Hades' servants. They're, like, right. the devil's servants. Um, so just, like, a clarification, Rasputin, they're not your people. <laughs> um, okay, this one is just, like, I wrote this in all caps, and I mean this with all the love in my heart. This movie is absolutely fucking bonkers like <laughs> what this movie, explain this movie is crazy like this girl so in the same story that we have this girl trying to find her family trying to remember her past you know because she go suffers from amnesia for the first eight years of her life in the same movie same movie we also have the storyline about an undead man living in purgatory who has cursed a family and refuses to let the last living member of it survive. And is his destiny is to spend the rest of eternity trying to kill her. And well, those are the two movies. Vow. Yes. And so those are the two movies we watch at the same time. And I just think it's crazy. Like, how high were they when they created this storyline? <laughs> that they were like, we're going to take the real story of Anastasia and make it magical. It's like, what? This is leading into my next spicy hot take. As much as I love Bartok, he kind of serves absolutely no purpose in this movie. Yeah, well, I I 
when I when you asked for a dynamic duo, I put them down first because I was like, well, duh, they like literally work together. And then as I was watching, I'm like, wait a second, like Bartok really does fight him at every chance he could. Yeah. And he's like, I don't think you should. You know, Bartok, whatever. I love him. Bartok does nothing in this movie. He's just like, yeah. I think the movie was just like, we he's need something funny. Kick. Yeah, he's not even a sidekick. He's just like his own man. It's like his own bat. He like, I feel like this movie was just like, we just need like a steady humor element to it, you know, to like balance the drama. And so they throw in a white bat who just watches things happen. He watches Rasputin die. He watches Rasputin plan all of this revenge. He watches him go after her in the very end and die. And then he watches her be happy. (laughs) He just watches the movie happen and comments on it as it's happening. But he doesn't actually do anything. And I, you what? Whoa. Yes. (laughs) I, I love him. But like, he has no purpose in the movie. And the movie probably wouldn't be very different if he wasn't in it. Like, yeah, sure, it wouldn't be maybe as funny, but also, why was he there? <laughs> so, that's a spicy hot take. Um, what else? Um, okay. Uh, Anya is way smarter than they give her credit when, like, the guys are hiding in the baggage car, and she's just like, what's going on? Like, I feel like she would have figured out that they are trying to, like, fake this. Yeah. Know? I think she's a lot smarter. She would have figured it out sooner. And it kind of I'm bothers me. I'm surprised that, yeah, that she didn't just, like, kind of give up on them. But I guess she just wanted to find family so bad that she's like, well, maybe I can be. Like, what's, say, what's to say I'm not, you know? Like, yeah, might as well, well try. Well, I don't she have a plan. She definitely could have done it, couldn't have done it without them. And um, she kept wanting to get to Paris anyway. So I guess that was just her main motivation. She didn't care how she did it. Yeah, she, like, really didn't think it through until she realized, like, this poor woman is suffering from all these people showing up and she realizes that she was just being used for the reward money the whole time. And like, that's rough. Um, another spicy hot take, another big question is Rasputin the most evil villain in a movie. No, I mean, he does. Yeah. Like kill off all these people, but I mean, I don't know. Like he could have done a little bit better. I don't know. I feel like there's definitely worse. I do hate that like he's just like so bitter just like bitter 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 but then i think about people like maleficent i think about um gaston i think about some other villains that we've had where i'm like they're truly heinous so yeah i don't think he's that far up the list but he's there yeah um what else okay so (laughs) you would think if Rasputin barged into this ball and said he cursed the whole family that that curse would be talked about amongst all of Russia. But yet, when Anya tells Dmitri that she just had a nightmare about the Romanov curse, he just doesn't talk about it with her. (laughs) It's like, no, 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 no. You need to talk about this. Talk about the fucking Romanov curse. Hello? Like, everybody knows that happened. Dmitri was at that party when it happened, when the curse was placed. So, like, hello? So, how do you feel? Yes, exactly. (laughs) Just, like, ask a couple questions. Instead, he's just like, no, you had a nightmare. Shh. It's okay. Shh. It's like, no, 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 no. Talk about it. (laughs) Drives me crazy. I got to that part, and I was like, Jesus Christ, that's just more proof it's her. Like, why the fuck would anybody else have a a nightmare about the Romanov curse? Mm Mm-hmm. Normal people wouldn't have that. Um, Okay. If Dimitri was really doing this con, you think he would have been more discreet about holding auditions for girls to be Anastasia. 
Like when when the Dowager reveals that she's known that she knows that who she he knew is. About it. Yeah. yeah, I'm just like, yeah, dude, what the fuck were you thinking? Advertising you're looking for. Of course it's gonna get back to her. What? Like, yeah, sure, it's the 1920s. That doesn't mean shit. <laughs> well, he wanted to be sure that the one woman he took was actually Anastasia. <laughs> Just, <laughs> like he didn't care if word got out he just wanted to make sure that he didn't like mess it up the first time well he was just trying to look for somebody convincing enough yeah um i just find that crazy and then i don't want to condone violence but i really like the slap that anya gives him at the opera it's just so satisfying yeah it is classic <laughs> it's a classic and i just like it just feels good every time we get to that i'm just like ooh, that like looked like it felt good <laughs> um <laughs> How did Dimitri find her on the bridge? That's just a huge fucking plot hole. Yeah. He just shows up. It's like, how the fuck did he know she'd be there? Where did he come from? What direction? Where's all his stuff? I thought he had like a coat and a hat and a suitcase. He was leaving. Why is he just, yeah. Hmm. Uh, well, I didn't mind it, but. Yeah. I don't mind it. Yeah. But it's just like, <laughs> what? What is he? Hello. Um, and that was my last bus he had to take. <laughs> Oh, no, the only thing, yeah, because you said you share strong opinions about the movie people might not agree with or whatever. So I was just like, I knew about the whole argument of like, should she be considered now a Disney princess or whatever? Uh, so I kind of yeah. went down that route. Um, and they're saying through screen rant, I don't know if we can trust them or whatever, but um, <laughs> the requirements to become a Disney princess are only known to Disney executives who have the final word on who is official Disney princess and who isn't, but they all share some basic characteristics. They are human or have a humanoid appearance in Ariel's case. They have the central role. They aren't the star of a sequel and they are royal by birth, marriage, or did a heroic deed like Mulan. So yeah, they're saying that Anastasia would meet those and that now that she's property of Disney, she should be technically a Disney princess or whatever. But I know people argue. Yeah, I feel like I, don't know. I feel like unofficially she's now kind of like a Disney princess, but like officially she's never going to be because I can. Yeah, because but I would Disney, love to see like merchandise then in the parks and stuff like that. I don't see know. me too, but because Disney didn't design it, I think legally there's probably like I feel like Disney wouldn't want to advertise a movie they didn't personally design right like they own it and that's okay make money off of it where you can but in terms of like advertising the design of it it's like well that's not our animators even though it is technically disney animators who directed it yeah exactly um i and like we've been saying there's so many nods almost to like disney films so it's like it could kind of just slip in there i don't know yeah whatever uh, now we move on to the ironic question of the podcast, which is, should this be remade? Which, obviously, the musical exists. Um, it premiered on Broadway in 2017, and I think closed in 2019, I think? Oh, it's already done? Oh, yeah, it already closed. But the tour, hopefully, if things reopen and, like, theater comes back, um, hopefully the yeah, tour I would love to see it. will continue. Um, I really don't know much about the musical, other than it takes a more realistic approach to the story. Um... And they wrote a shit ton more songs for it, of course. Um, and Chrissy Altamere is one of my new favorite actresses ever. I always loved... I remember reading an article about her um, a, a couple years ago when she, like, first starred in the show and, like, became this, like, huge sensation. And I remember um, reading that she had gotten a couple of, like, big um, cruise line gigs when she first got started outside of college. And that really, like, helped her out. But then her career just completely dried up, and she was getting literally no offers. She said for, like, almost 10 years, there was just, like, nothing. And finally, she decided to just commit completely to her art form. 
And so for a whole year, she didn't do any side gigs, any um, survival jobs. She used money she'd saved up from the cruise uh, jobs she had got in and worked every day on her craft, practicing and rehearsing and practicing. And in that year was the year she auditioned for Anastasia and booked it. And it's now like a huge Broadway sensation. Yeah. And I have always admired that story just for the sheer like persistence she had because like it always tried to, I use that story a lot as just to remind myself that like hopefully if you work hard enough, it'll just happen. Yeah. And it's never too late. Yes, exactly. Um, and I love that she just kept going for it, and I admire her so much for that. And she's just so fucking good. I mean, like, she is Anastasia. She's incredible. And um, but I've never seen the musical. I haven't really listened to like any of the soundtrack of it. I have fr- some fr- friends who are like big fans of it, who are like fangirls for it. But um, I don't really know too much about it. But um, yeah. Hopefully it comes back. Hopefully theater reopens. Um, I don't think they'll ever re. I could. I could actually kind of see Disney, now that Disney owns the rights to it, I could totally see Disney doing a live-action remake of this someday. Do I want them to do that? Absolutely not. Please. Well, actually, I'm glad you said that, because <laughs> in my research, I learned that there is going to be a live-action, but it's not Disney, from what I can tell. It's um, 20th Century Fox? Like... I don't know. It doesn't have many details as of right now, but they do technically have even a trailer for it um, and a, you know, a, a movie poster for it. Um, it sounds horrible. It says that, okay, so uh, so it's called Anastasia Once Upon a Time. Um, it released a trailer earlier this year, but with no release date. Um, it shows Rasputin as the advisor to the royal family and how he has Anastasia walk through a portal to the future with a glowing amulet to save her family in the past. So I would assume from like the, um, what'd you say, Bolsheviks, whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would assume from that threat, uh, but that's the premise. Um, and it has Brandon Ruth in it, of all people. Wait, where did you get this? Oh, Once Upon a Time. Oh, I see the trailer. Anastasia, Once Upon a Time. Yeah, it's on IMDb and everything. And it says 2020, but it doesn't have a release date. Um, but they have, like, you know, the full trailer. So I don't know. This looks like this is definitely not Disney. This is, like, No, some that's what I thought. Like, it doesn't Production coming com- Conglomerate Media, which distributed by yeah production company is conglomerate media which doesn't even have a wikipedia page so definitely not important no um, it, it seemed like it was kind of like a reminiscent of the that that little mermaid story i heard and I'm yeah like, oh, that really? little mermaid movie that everybody was really fucking mad about <laughs> yeah so like this is kind of like that um yeah this looks horrible but oh. i'm so curious you should watch the trailer after because it's pretty funny but uh. I'm, I'm so curious like what it's gonna be like i don't know if i'd watch it but um yeah because i just like searched i was like oh anastasia remake like question mark just in case like i don't know and then that popped up and i'm like what the oh god so yeah i was definitely gonna say no this should not be remade live action i hate live action they're all literally all all of them reasons i made this podcast every single live action movie has been bad it has been so bad yeah yeah i don't know so i'm i'm done with them i just saw the mulan one wish i didn't (laughs) (laughs) i want to see the animated one now um but yeah so sad yeah they need to just like just pay for original work guys just like buy new shit or like better yet if you're gonna do anastasia again like let's like 
do the actual history. Like, I would love to see an Anastasia movie about Anna Anderson. Yeah. About the girl who was the imposter. I think that would be so fucking cool. Like, I want a little bit more of, like, an actual I want to know like, how, history lesson. How could she have gotten that close? Like, to proving it, you know? Like, Suppose, how would she know all this? Supposedly it was that she, like, looked similar and that she had some, like, weird stories that seemed, like, pretty, like accurate yeah, yeah authentic and it was just like and because she had no past she also had the amnesia angle of it um people like assumed maybe um but they also said about her that they thought she also looked like one of the other sisters not anastasia they thought she looked like tatiana so hmm. it's kind of yeah again it's like how did people fall for this shit but oh well um, but yeah, please don't remake this movie. Um, nope. I don't really mind the musical. Fuck it. Like, theater is great. But, um, yeah, don't remake this. Well, I think that's everything. Thank you, Kelly, for coming on the show. Of course. Thanks it, for having me. Yeah, of course. It was fun. It was fun getting to talk to you about this movie. We'll be doing, for those of you listening, we'll be doing so many more because obviously Kelly and I grew up together. So there's many childhood movies we share. Yeah, yeah. Um, and thank you all for listening. I hope that you follow the Instagram account at please don't remake this. Um, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you're listening to this podcast. And hope you tune in next week for our next episode. Mm, bye. Bye.